ho, ho, and welcome to a movie mastery Christmas Day extravaganza. It's a special gift. It is a Yuletide miracle from movie mastery to all of you listeners. To UV mastery. <laughs> I'm, I am Santa John, and over there is Santa Jeff. Oh, I'm glad I'm Santa, like a co-Santa. I figured you're going to demote me to like a Grinch or an elf and, or something. And over there is Elf Jeff. Well, is the Jelf. I'm okay with being a Jelf. I mean, am I like a blade singer or... <laughs> Yeah. What are we talking? Like a drow? Oh, yeah. Well, you're definitely some kind of archer. Okay. Yeah. Like a night elf hunter? Can I be in Beastmastery spec? Yeah, sure. Okay. You can be Beastmaster. Yes. Okay, that's my favorite spec. <laughs> no, you're the movie Beastmaster. Oh, I'm the movie Beastmaster. You're a VHS copy of Beastmaster. Man, can I at least not have that part where the bat people turn the guy into oatmeal? Because that shit freaked me out when I was a little kid. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, too. I do, because you've showed it to me, because it freaked you out so much. Yeah, that shit's freaky. Uh, good lord. Okay, so <laughs> we uh, we decided to give you a special little present. You are, of course, going to get your normal in theaters now this year. Uh, it's coming at the end of the week, but we're going to give you a special Christmas present, because as we mentioned before, we, we were doing a bad dad's Christmas. And we abandoned that, so coming up for the next hour and a half, Jeff and John sing the classics. <laughs> Sing classic rock. John, join with me, won't you, in one of the most boring and stultifying Christmas carols of all time? Bow now, bow now. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. You know, that, that one. That... I saw three ships come sailing in. <laughs> yes, only the Christmas classics that you barely remember on, on this great two-disc set. <laughs> No. Good King Wenceslas went down on a Christmas even. He was in three ships and they came on sailing in. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Oh, fa la 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 la. There you go. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. Uh, silver bells, I guess. That one. There we are. There we did it. It's It happened. Uh, no, instead, we tortured ourselves by watching not one, not two, but all three of the Santa Claus movies. That's right. We watched three Tim Allen Christmas movies for you. Fucking all three of them, just so we could come back and report on the weird, magical, odd, fucking necromonger rules universe that exists in this Santa Claus movie. It is definitely worthy of discussion. And they've been going on a lot longer than I thought they were. They're they're, they're separate. The, the first and third one are separated by like thirteen years. Yeah, it's the the first one was like ninety five, and then the second one came out in o two. Yeah, they, they waited a while, eight or nine years for that. And then when they did do it, they brought back so many people. They brought back literally everyone from the first movie for the second one. It was insane. Yeah, it's crazy. So, but before we start getting into the technical details, that's right. This is your Christmas present, ladies and gentlemen. All three. Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. Yeah, that's what we got you. We got you our pain and suffering all wrapped up in a bow. Now, are all three of them Bad Dad Christmas Dad? Bad Dad Christmas Dad. <laughs> doodle bop, doodle bop. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> 
can't I can't get that out of my head. Bad dad, Christmas dad. <laughs> Learning lessons and having to go to work again. <laughs> uh so so we uh we watched these. I of course have only I only ever saw the first one and I I remember loving it as a kid. Like when this came out, well, not even uh, as a kid. Basically as like a young teen, I you're, suppose. You were what? Like 12 or 13 in 1995? Yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah, I was a, I was a young teen and I was like, yeah, I was this a is wee good. laddie. I was like, that's fine. That's a good movie. I can watch this. That's fine. Whatever. But uh, I never saw the second or the third one. Never wanted to. Well, yeah, because by that point, you would have aged out of them. Eight years later, you would have been a 20-year-old guy. You would have been hard and edgy. <laughs> well, one of those. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Wait. Don't, don't answer that. Because <laughs> as far as I know, you're soft and pillowy even as we speak. <laughs> as we speak, I am currently melting into a chair. And we also have previously established that you were soft and pillowy as a wee baby lad. Oh, you yeah. Were, you were a wee marshmallowy baby boy asking your parents for a book about ghosts. <laughs> yeah, basically, the only thing that happened to me like as I grew up was like if you put a marshmallow in a microwave, it just sort of expands outward. <laughs> And then I, eventually it falls. Yeah, I can't wait until I die and then just turn flat and kind of crispy. John's life is the story of microwaving a peep. <laughs> that is exactly it. If the peep always wanted to read a book about ghosts. <laughs> this peep wants ghosts. Will you give it to him? <laughs> wait, hang on. Is this like a dating simulator thing? Yeah, this is definitely a question. <laughs> and if however you answer it, the game will be like, the peep will remember this. Is this Hattoful peep friend? <laughs> I would play the fuck out of a dating sim where you date peeps. Like, one's the little, like, uh, like the bunny Easter peep, and then you get the, the, the chick peep, and then you get, like, a Christmas tree peep. I like that when the relationship suddenly is tur- taking a turn for the worst because it said the wrong thing, there's always that just eat it button. Just, <laughs> yeah. just eat the peep. Like, uh, what do you mean you're an academic decathlon student? I only date jocks. Well, well, I'm going to eat you. You're you're looking delicious, peep. <laughs> well, fuck you, pumpkin peep. You're getting that. <laughs> okay. This took a this took a turn. <laughs> I think I think we're going to play some music and we'll get back with an actual weird review of all three movies at once when we come back for Santa Claus. Santa Claus 2. The, oh wait, hang on. It's the, the Mrs. Mrs. Claus and Santa Claus 3, The Escape Claus. As well as Santa Claus 4, Electric Boogalore. <laughs> Santa Claus 5, The Mother in Claus. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't think of any other types of clauses you could put in a contract that would be amusing. Yeah. <laughs> the the dangling clause. Santa Claus 6, the the Mrs. Subclause. Yeah, the subclause, where he has to go into a submarine. <laughs> no, it's, it's the subclause, where he has to dress up in a gimp suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the subclause, where he opens up his own sandwich shop. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll be right back with more Santa Claus. Making a list, he's checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. So most of you, I'm assuming, I don't know why I would assume this, but I assume a lot of you have either seen or know the basic premise of the first Santa Claus movie. I knew the basic premise. I have not seen, up until yesterday, I hadn't seen any Santa Claus movies. Wow, really? Yeah, this was my first. (laughs) Yes. I also haven't seen Owen Wilson's Wows. (laughs) I haven't seen Owen Wilson play World of Warcraft. (laughs) 
Hey, Owen Wilson, what's your favorite MMO? Wow. I, I've been trying for a while now to find the source of that. Like, what's the situation? What was the first time that Owen Wilson said wow on camera that that has turned into the meme? <laughs> was it like all the way back in fucking Bottle Rocket and shit like that? Or are we talking as a rel- Like, did he do it in uh, in Zoolander? Where's all the wows coming from? Oh, they're everywhere. Okay. They're in so many movies. All right, that's good to know. That's why. All right, fair enough. I mean, does he do them in the Royal Tannenbaums? Of course he does. Okay, good. That's all I needed to he hear. He does it in every movie. He does it in every movie. It's a... It's a in his contract. Okay. And does he do them in, uh, let's see, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou? Yeah, of course. Okay. Does he do it in The Santa Claus 2, The Mrs. Claus? <laughs> I wish. Oh. Man, I, I wish Owen Wilson was in that movie. Jesus. <laughs> so, all right. Let's, so, 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 yeah. So, few people have probably seen at least the first one. Yeah. The first one has... And I'm just, I don't really care about the plot of the first one, because I assume most people have either seen it or know of it. It's but we're got, just going to dive right into the universe of this. It's be- got the most bad dadding in it. Uh, so it's got uh, Tim Allen is oh, our yeah. lead. Yeah, Tim Allen. And he is our, our bad dad in this, although he's not particularly bad. He's mostly just, like, hapless. He's like a hapless dad. Yeah, like... Uh, normally when we have like a bad dad in a Christmas movie, there has to be a lot of time spent being a big fuck up or not caring. Yes. Yeah. He has to be intentionally fuck. But uh, the opening of the first one is him taking on custody for the weekend of his boy, Charlie. Yo, it's his boy, Charlie. Yo, it's your boy, Charlie. (laughs) Charlie is too little of a kid to be in the movie. You know, he's like Jake Lloyd and Phantom Menace level young where, where everything he says is irritating, even if it shouldn't be. He's just, he's awful, which is great because we're going to stick with him all the way through his development into a fully grown Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Indeed. He's like a Pokemon. Now, he's played by a guy named Eric Lloyd, which is like, what, how do they keep finding these shitty Lloyd kids? Where's all these damn Lloyds at? We've got too many Lloyds. <laughs> so many Lloyds. <laughs> Lloyd's almighty. He should have been played by Lloyd Bridges. That would have been way better. There you go. <laughs> Hey, hey, Santa. Hey, hey you're da- my dad. Hey, dad, I'm, I'm grumpy about this. <laughs> I, I don't remember what Lloyd Bridges sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh. the the whole thing is when he gets home, his kid's like, man, I don't want to spend Christmas with dad. Yeah, he's he's because the mom shows up with a little boy. So the movie, uh, I, I don't know, we don't really need to go over the whole plot. But one of the things we should establish is that Tim Allen is a business dad. Well, yes, he's, he's he is a higher up, not a CEO, but a high executive in a toy company. Yes, he, he's big. He's a big deal in toys. And as such, he spe- he, he's the kind of guy in business whose job it is to like walk around in meetings and say, like, buy, sell, sell, then buy. Yeah. Ha, we made a million dollars. No one goes home at Christmas Eve. Yeah, he is he's the type of executive that's like, I'm the idea man. I sit around and listen to people pitch things and say whether I like it or not. Like, he's the type of person that doesn't have an actual job. Yes. Now, uh, he is divorced. Uh, and he's sharing custody of young Charlie, who looks to be about five, with his wife, uh, whose name is not important. No. Leslie, I want to say? I don't know. Anyway, uh, she is showing up on Christmas Eve to drop off the young boy, Charlie, so that he, so that Charlie may spend Christmas with his father, or at least Christmas night. Because it turns out Charlie is so disheartened by his dad's ineptitude and shittiness that he's like, Mom, can you pick me up at sunup tomorrow? He's like, yo, pick me up early. Like, like, like right in front of his dad, too. Like, yo, real early. This guy's a... Stupid asshole. I hate Tim Allen. I mean, on the one hand, I don't blame the kid. It is Tim Allen. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, yo, don't do that. Yeah. But still. It's rude. It's He's just, like, straight up in front of Tim Allen with his mom. He's like, can you pick me up super early? I don't want to be here. <laughs> 
Now, this is a a thing where I feel like Tim Allen's bad dadness gets a little overplayed because he's slightly late to pick up Charlie. Yeah, but he gets there. It's not like he. It's not the classic movie thing of I completely forgot your soccer game or the like. Has to call and say, "Look, guys, I'll make it up to you because I'm businessing." Yeah, he was just like, "Guys, uh, the like office Christmas party went long. I'm on my way." Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I forgot about that. I, I'd forgotten because we watched three of these fucking things. I completely forgot about his lying to them about how he's in traffic. Yeah. But anyway, he's not a bad Christmas dad. He's like three minutes late and then comical inept things happen while he's da- he's dadding at home. Yeah, he burns the, the Christmas dinner. But it's not that he burns it, it's that there's a fire in his oven. Like, I don't care how hard, high up you crank your turkey in an oven, it's not going to catch on fire unless there's something wrong. Well, and then it goes out and then catches back on fire yeah. like it's one of those trick so, candles. So he's got a gas leak or something. Like, the situation is way more dire than he is letting his son down regarding turkey. Yeah, so they have to go to, like, Denny's, and his, man, the kid in this is the fucking worst. Normally it's supposed to be the dad who's the bad dad, but this kid's like, oh, we have to go to Denny's because the food got burnt? Ugh, you're the worst dad. Do they not have hot chocolate? Well, fuck you. Well, that's just... That's just our first glimpse into the nightmare-fueled world that is this move, this trilogy of movies, is the importance of cocoa with Christmas stuff. Yeah. Apparently, cocoa is like fucking the dollar bill of Christmas. Everything is cocoa-related all the time. Co- no one ever stops. To, it's like fucking Smurf berries. <laughs> yeah, no. Cocoa in the North Pole is pretty much everything. Yeah. Like, if it's a replacement for coffee or booze or basically anything, it's always cocoa. Yeah. It, never eggnog, by the way. No, because no, eggnog sucks dick. I mean, anyone who likes it can go to hell i'm not a huge fan of eggnog myself i, I mean well, I don't, you don't like egg i don't like eggs but so I, i'm not gonna like nog i like corn nog corn nog's fucking have you had corn nog Ugh. Ugh, nog <laughs> so wait your objection is to the nog part i hate all nogs so would you like egg corn <laughs> yeah there we go that's what i want if you could just mix me up some raw egg yolk and niblets i'm <laughs> almost certain that would be the best well, way now, to get me to vomit well now, hold on i'm gonna throw a cinnamon stick in there to stir it with <laughs> and i'm gonna sprinkle some nutmeg on that bad boy i'm gonna swizzle that motherfucker right on up. right on up with a cinnamon stick my friend <laughs> now how do you feel about my plan now for egg corn uh how 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 about that? How about if it's real alcoholic? <laughs> like those it's niblets like a, just dissolve. It's like 120 proof. <laughs> it is more alcohol than is possible. It's served on fire. Yeah, just like me. <laughs> so it's what we're saying here, John, is that it's swizzled up raw egg yolk mixed into corn alcohol with some nutmeg and a cinnamon stick. What do you say? Yeah, that corn alcohol, which has niblets in it, it's like the orbits of alcohol. <laughs> Where are the niblets come? I didn't say niblets. That's on I you. I said niblets. <laughs> it's baby corn from like Chinese food. <laughs> it's baby corn. Little baby corns. <laughs> a little mama corn looking for that baby corn. And the baby corn is just right. <laughs> So, okay, egg corn is not a popular uh, thing for you. No. Okay, fair enough. But anyway, they go to Denny's, and wouldn't you know it, Denny's is out of all the things the kid keeps asking for. And he, for some reason, he's mad at his dad about it. So, yeah. probably because he's five. But he's yeah. like, can I have chocolate milk? We're out of chocolate milk, kid. Oh, I hope they have chocolate ice cream. We did. Oh, it was apple pie. Yeah. We did have apple pie. Now we don't, stupid kid. Yeah, also, the, the universe just sort of doesn't like him, and he's just sad about everything. So help me out with this one, John. What was up with the stereotypical... Remember they walk into Denny's in that movie, and it's... It was a giant, like, Japanese business dinner? There were, like, 300 Japanese business people in there. Yeah, I don't understand that at all, That but was okay. That was a bit of an interesting choice. But to, to get back to the point, he's not so much a bad dad as... Just sort of bad things happen near him. 
yeah, he's he's a comically inept dad, but he's not like he's not like Deck the Halls bad. You know what's weird is that that disappears for the second movie, but in the third movie, it makes a dramatic resurgence. Yeah, of of bad stuff happens near him, and now he's bad at Christmas as a result. Oh yeah, the first one, it's like he's kind of a bad dad, but not really. Mm-hmm. The second one, he's mostly a good dad. But the second one, he's mostly one, a Santa. Like, no, you're bad dad now. Yeah, you're bad dad because you're businessing too hard. But my business is Christmas. Indeed, and it's. Christmas is good. <laughs> Tim Allen, Christmas is where he pleases. <laughs> and he pleases where he Christmases. <laughs> good Lord. Uh, there's the t-shirt I would like. And there you have it. Thank you so much, T-Public. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, to, to sort of fast forward to the crux of this film. Yeah. Uh, Santa is on his roof at one point. And he hears what's going on. He runs outside in his like jacket and underwear and yells, Hey you at Santa and Santa falls off the roof and fucking straight Obi-Wan's down into just being clothes. Yeah. He just dies. He just lands on the, he lands on the ground and dies, but he doesn't Obi-Wan right away. in The first one in when no. they, when they show it again in the third one, he's straight up Obi-Wan's like on impact. Yeah. But in the, in the first one, there's time for Tim Allen to run over and try and shake him awake. Yeah. To be like, Oh God, I've definitely killed some guy. Yeah. Um. So he tries to shake him awake. Charlie comes running outside. Is like, oh yeah, you kill Santa because Charlie shit fucking shit in the first one. Um. Just want you to know that once again. I I hate him. I I'm about in five years. I'll have a five year old daughter, and I'm not gonna let her talk like that. I'm like, no, you talk like a grown up. Now the the fucked up thing to me. Well, more more or less one of the fucked up things is that so Tim Allen's like, oh shit, I straight up murdered a guy. His kid comes out and sees it and is like, oh shit, you murdered Santa. And then. He like Santa Obi Wan's out. Mm-hmm. He finds the card that's like, "Hey, put on the uh, the coat and pants. The reindeer will know what to do." And his kid's like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Put on the coat and pants and let's go up to the roof." And he's like, "A man has died." Yeah, and no, no one calls an ambulance or the police. No, I mean, even in the best case scenario here, this is a burglar. Yes, like. <laughs> It, at best, Tim Allen is like, hey, it was someone trying to break into my house. It was an accidental murder. Like, I didn't actually kill him. He just fell. Yeah, I just said, hey, you, and he fell off the roof. You wouldn't even get manslaughter on this. No, but instead, he puts on a dead man's pants and jacket because his kid's like, oh, dad, you never do what I, I want to do. I want you to wear those corpse clothes. Come on, Dad. God. God. Put on that dead man's suit, and then let's use the pennies on his eyes to buy ice cream. Come on. Put on that dead man's clothes, and then let's just like open his guts up and play around in it. Let's go find his wife and show her pictures. <laughs> I want you to dress up like him, then find his wife and fuck her. <laughs> yeah. Dad, you never do things I want. Look, what I want you to do is have an elaborate rape scene set to singing in the rain. And Oh, wait a minute. This is clockwork orange. Let's Crawl into him, Dad. It's cold out here. <laughs> I want to do. I want to reenact the Tauntaun thing. Uh, so. <laughs> Tim Allen, of course, puts on the coat and pants, climbs up to the roof because his son climbs up there, and they get into the sleigh and the reindeer take off. Can we talk about how shitty of a clause this is? Like, they're talking about this card uh, constitutes a verifiable contract, but it doesn't even tell him what will happen. No. It it just says, put on these pants and the reindeer will know what to do. Yeah, once he delivers some toys around and actually gets back to the North Pole and they show him the fine print in it, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, legally, this 
this is very much not binding. He didn't sign anything. He did, he put on the pa- the shirt and pants, mm-hmm. and the card doesn't actually say in a way that is like reasonable that you have to become Santa when you put it on. Yeah, no, it's it's a very unreasonable contract. I don't think it would hold up in court. No, uh, but but okay. So here's this is the rules. I, this is a great time for us to. I mean, he goes on a fun little sleigh ride. Yeah, he, he gets up next to the only truck driving through his otherwise eerily empty neighborhood, uh, and, and you know the truck driver and him have a, a dumb exchange of words where hey does this take me to i-95 yeah that was it thank you yeah uh and and, and eventually after delivering some toys or whatever uh he gets in the sleigh takes him to the fucking north pole and now it might as well be time to talk about the rules of santa claus in this dumb universe yeah as i said before it's necromonger rules where you keep what you kill mm-hmm. if you kill santa you get santa's life yeah if you kill santa and then put on his clothes then you become santa and yeah. not even like you get the job of santa you he like tim allen starts getting fatter his hair turns white he gets a long beard and his brain changes he actually cares about christmas more yeah he straight up becomes santa mentally now i don't you could recut this into a horror movie easy yeah because this is this is some weird body horror stuff yeah and mental rewriting yeah because there's a point where uh he's like gets back to his job at one point and they're like oh we're gonna sell this tank this tank toy that we're making because we're a toy company and santa's gonna be in the tank and he's like no santa wouldn't do that he never goes anywhere without a sleigh and uh, the spirit of christmas you're like okay but you've you haven't actually been santa yet like this is pre-professional santaism yeah and but he's like a hundred percent into it which which he can't even fake like he knows that in like nine months he'll be permanent santa like he won't have this job anymore and it'll be over but he can't even fake it for this one meeting yeah like it's impossible for him to do so he is too santa already yeah and when like people are ordering food he's like yo i need to get like cookies and uh milkshake and a hot fudge sundae and extra hot fudge yeah all this nonsense and let me just tell you the fat shaming in these movies is amazing so in the first movie just in the first movie sadly he doesn't come back any of the other ones i believe he comes back in two don't you worry oh does he okay peter boyle is is his boss and Peter Boyle uh, is g- super angry when Tim Allen returns for the, his second work scene because he's fat now. He's, yeah. He, he actually takes him out of the meeting and is like, look, I don't know what's going on, but you need to get your shit together. See a dietitian. You are fat. Yeah. There's everyone is just like, wow, you're real fat now. You should probably leave. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? These are all high powered business people. He's waiting for them to do something like that so he can sue the shit out of them. Like they have when he orders all the food and he He's like eating his desserts and whatnot. Uh, it just sort of smash cuts to the end of him eating. Mm-hmm. But like everyone at that business table is just watching him horrified. I mean, to be fair, every one of them orders the comical movie thin person food. They're like, I'll have a salad with no dressing and water. I'll have a single ice cube, a garden salad arranged from least to most fatty of vegetables so that I may discard the most fatty of vegetables, but see them first. <laughs> and uh, let's see for desserts. Oh, uh. Nothing. Thank you. Mm. Uh, Yes, I'll have a saltine floating in broth. (laughs) I'll have ice chips, and for dessert, a jog. (laughs) Yeah, the the movie... 
for some reason, like, and it's not just his executive people. I would be okay if it was just the executives because they're like, oh yeah, look, we're going to show how awful people that are business people are because that's a thing Christmas movies do. They do love to do that, yes. But if it, they were just like, oh yeah, these business people, they're fat shaming him like crazy. But it's his, his family, wife and yeah. her husband are like, wow, you look fucked up. So, so what we're establishing though is that putting on the suit and accepting the Santa Claus turns you body, soul, and mind into Santa. Yes, although that seems to be broken in the third one, but we'll get into it. We will. We will get into it. The other thing that's important about him being turned into Santa is that we missed, back in the beginning of the movie, we missed one of the core premises of the first and second movies. It doesn't show up at all in the third one. Santa's real in this universe. He goes from house to house and he delivers toys to the children. There are toys in their houses when they wake up because Santa brought those toys. Yeah, there is literally a house he goes to where he pulls out a canoe from his bag and leaves it at someone's house. Now... Couple that with the fact that no adult in this film believes in Santa Claus. Yeah, there is no possible way that this is actually a universe that makes sense. Because, you know, your parents come down and there's a fucking canoe sitting there next to the tree. You're going to turn to whoever you're with and be like, did you buy a canoe? That's a fucking expensive. And the other person will say, no, I did not, in fact, buy a canoe. That's super impractical. We can't even fit one in the car. Why do we have a canoe now? That's real weird. And this will happen in every house that believes in Santa. Imagine the fucking unfortunate single parent in this situation who comes down the stairs and doesn't even have someone to turn to and gently assume that they bought that on their own. They're like, they get downstairs and like, oh, that that's some doll that they want. I... I did not, like, you have to imagine, what if they're going, I specifically remember not having the money to buy this, yeah. and so did not. So uh, imagine the situation of a person who comes, uh, like, you could probably just wave it away, baby, and like, oh, it's Santa fucking magic. Whatever he puts down there, the parent remembers buying, even if they didn't buy it. But that doesn't, that's not discussed. No, it's not. And it's, it's very weird. Yeah. Also, the only reason people stop believing in Santa in this universe is because Santa manages to fuck up and not give them a toy they want. Every single person is like, oh, I stopped believing in Santa when I didn't get fill in the blank. In yeah. both the first and second movie, that's the background story. Yeah, the second movie features a brand new lady character who's who will be important, and she describes the three presents she ever got from Santa. She said, on my first year, I got a, a toy pony. On my second year, it was a it was a pretty bake set and on the third year a little miss dolly doll and 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 he's like uh wait aren't aren't you like a full-grown adult when you have had at least 14 more years of receiving presents as a child (laughs) and she's like yeah but those are the core ones to the story we don't need to get into the other ones come let's move forward please look i stopped believing three come on i stopped believing in santa when i was three what what do you want when i was 15 i got a nintendo i don't i don't know what to tell you here santa why are we doing this yeah the that's it's a very strange thing for me yeah that this is a universe where nobody believes in santa that's an adult and yet he very clearly exists and leaves evidence everywhere and in the third movie suddenly the sos or the secret of santa will become vitally important to protect but again there are toys in everyone's houses all the time yeah so i I, bah so this is a a weird thing that way now he gets a list that he has to check twice Mm -hmm. yeah and then the first year well we got to talk about his arrival in in the north pole we just we just have to we have to introduce Barnab- uh, Barnabas or whatever what's his name Bernard Bernard we have to introduce Bernard because, Ber- well the reason we're screwing up his name is because that's the big joke is uh, Tim Allen is Scott Calvin so he has the same initials as Santa Claus but yes Scott Calvin keeps fucking up his name and he's like come on Barnabas Bilbo 
Hmm. Yeah. So that's David Krumholtz. Uh, he actually went on to have a real career after this, which is really cool to read to hear. Uh, he is the head elf. He is nine hundred years old. And he when nine hundred one elf, when nine hundred years old you reach, look as good. You will not. No, I will never look as good as David Krumholtz. <laughs> so. Uh, Here's the here's the thing about this scene that's so weird that I really need to talk about. When he gets there, all the elves are like, "Oh, yeah, you read the card, put on the suit. All right, great. I don't Hi, Santa. To, I don't want to talk to you. Anyway, I, I'm busy. Go away. I'm hey. busy. Yeah. It's like, wait, didn't a man that you've known for years just die? Yeah. The everyone just immediately treats him as the replacement. They're like, oh, hey, Santa. Anyway, I got stuff to do. Bye, Santa. They just are on board immediately. Mm-hmm. And so it makes you realize, oh, Santa does not matter to these people at all. Like, Bernard is 900 years old, and he's like, do you know how many Santas I've seen? Yeah. Like, you have to imagine. He's like, I have seen Santas come and go. The <laughs> Santa, as an actual person, is ephemeral to me. But here's the problem. that This is what drives me so insane about this. By the time the trilogy is over, we know that, San- that the elves have, like, a a hit and rescue jetpack squad. They've got a doctor's office with doctor elves in it. They have a little elf school. They have elf restaurants. Why don't they have an onboarding elf? Why isn't there an elf who's like, oh, good, new Santa. All right, let me put on my hat. That's my job. That's my job. Explain things to Santa so that the scene isn't ridiculous. Well, because that's, I mean, that's not a full-time job. You do that once every however many years it takes for Santa to die. Oh, you don't know. I bet you Bernard had a year that had two Santas in it. (laughs) The year of two Santas. Like, the first Santa was like, oh, I I died. Then there's some other Santa puts on the suit, gets in the sleigh, and promptly falls out of it. Well, the, I mean, the question here is... Is that the only way you get a new Santa? Because the card says, hey, if you put on the the coat and the pants, you take on all responsibilities of being Santa and you get to be Santa. Yeah. Now, what happens if he dies, like, at the North Pole? Like of old age or something? No, like, just some accident. He falls into a, some construction thing. He dies. He <laughs> slips and falls off a balcony. Whatever. Some elf kills him. What, you know, oh, wait, that elf would become Santa. That well, one we no, know. he'd have to put on the coat and pants. Yeah, that's still. true. Yeah, okay. What happens if he dies in a situation where no one is there to put on the coat and pants? Like, he's just surrounded by elves and we have to assume the elves aren't going to be like well i guess i'm santa now yeah you think i mean, I mean maybe they probably but, do but like let's say he's flying out of the north pole flies out and falls out of the sleigh like somewhere over into the, the ocean yeah and dies there where no one can get a hold of these coat and pants is santa gone for good now or do they have like oh don't worry there's a whole closet we'll go find the guy I- i'm sure it's just another section of the contract i mean again the contract is a business card but but still there's probably a section that's like in the situation in which Santa dies of natural causes or in an accident where his, suit, where his coat and pants become unrecoverable. New coats and pants will be provided and they'll be given to the first random adult that we encounter. That's you, a guy because it can't be a lady. Let's not be stupid. Well, yeah. I mean... Oh, and you, also they have to be white. Do you think... Do you think it's like the Green Lantern ring where it would like fly out of the <laughs> ocean and find a guy? Fly the next person and then just be like, hmm, you lack the willpower to be Santa. Yeah. It like flies over Guy Gardner and it's like, eh. Oh, well, you got the willpower, but you're kind of a dick. <laughs> Too much of a dick to be Santa. Ha whoosh. <laughs> And off to Kyle Rayner it goes. Ah, a little bit too much of an artist to be Santa, but we'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of sad that it passed over John Stewart entirely, though. <laughs> nah, John, John Stewart will get it later. <laughs> John Stewart can get it. <laughs> John Stewart can get it. <laughs> so, also, uh, the TV's John Stewart can also get it. Yeah, every every John Stewart can, in fact, get Whether it. Whether or not they have an H in their name. Okay, so... <laughs> 
So the elves are straight up dismissive of the fact that their previous Santa has died and there's this new confused guy here. They hate him. And it, it no, they don't hate him. Bernard is just like, yo, you have to be on board. Yeah. Like all the other elves just immediately accept it. They're like, you are Santa. That's all. I don't care. Oh, also worth mentioning at this point. All the elves are just children. Yes. The elves in this are children. They, did, they didn't decide to go with little people. They were like, nah, we'll just have children do it. Yeah. Which is, you know, medium appreciable. But on the other hand, a lot of little people are good actors. Yeah. Whereas children... <laughs> Mostly aren't. <laughs> so a lot of the children's scenes are deeply apl- unpleasant. But uh, uh, it's it's weird that Bernard is just like, doesn't take time to explain anything. He's just like, look, you put on the coat and the pants, you're Santa now. That's it. And he's like, okay, but what the fuck does that mean? And he's like, God, do I have to explain everything? And I'm like, yes, a regular man just turned into a mythical figure. You should probably take a minute. It, it, plus, what the fuck is Bernard so busy for? It's late night on Christmas. Uh, what's it, is, he- it is the day after the, the delivery. The toys are already out. What is he doing? Yeah, this is the downtime for you. Yeah, I mean, I can see there's a lot of cool down and clean up after Christmas, like night. Like you actually have to, you know, calm down and and cool everything off and turn the machines off and clean the lines and all that stuff. But he's running around making toys, and it's like, what are you doing, man? This is you. You will never have more time before Christmas than you do right now. Yeah, but no, he's like, I'm too busy to talk to Santa. And then Santa gets some, or, or. He's still Tim Allen at this point. He goes to sit in what will become his bedroom. He goes and hangs out in a dead man's bedroom while wearing the dead man's clothes. Yeah, puts on a dead man's pajamas. And a little elf girl comes out, and she's like, Hi, Santa, would you like some cocoa? And this will be the first time where we find out that cocoa is basically just magic Santa crack. Yeah, it's basically like alcohol when Santa drinks it. Because the kids, the elves are drinking cocoa all the time, but it's just cocoa when they do. Yeah. But for for Santa, it's basically beer. He's like, Whoa, I'm all messed up on that cocoa. Yes. So the little girl gives gives Santa cocoa, and then uh, she makes a uh, she makes a, 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 a basically a little reference to how old she is. She's, she's like, like oh, oh yeah, I'm like six hundred years. I'm, old. I'm 287 years old, and he's like, well, you look good for 287 because she looks six. Yes, and her response is thanks. But I'm seeing someone in rapping. I have to imagine. Did they ever get like super perv Santa who was like, I am into the elves if you know what I mean? Uh, that's what I figure has to have happened. I think the last Santa, the reason we never even see the last Santa beyond a dead guy in the, in the snow is because he was a total creepazoid. Like he, it's the only that's thing, why there's no mourning period for him. Yeah, there's no mourning period. They're like, oh, finally, that guy died. Because when she, he doesn't say like, hey, baby, you you look like you're about eight. Can, can, we, uh, can we hop in bed real quick? She's like, all he says is, wow, you look looks surprisingly good for 287 which is an obvious joke because he is obviously a brand new not santa yeah he's definitely terrified by the idea of 280 year old children but she her response is a brusque immediate no thank you i am dating someone please do not ask again yeah it's like she's seen some shit yeah some shit has gone down at the north pole yeah that's what that's what i'm trying to get across here so (laughs) go ahead so Tim Allen is going to spend the rest of this film essentially transmogrifying into Santa. Well, here's the problem. He gets they, he gets told that there'll be 11 months for him to for him to close out his old life. Yeah, they're like, "Look, you got 11 months to get your affairs in order and then you are full-time Santa." And then here's the problem. There is never a scene in this movie where it is not snowy and there aren't Christmas decorations all over. No, the the timeline of this film is inscrutable like within the first few weeks is when he sort of turns santa looking but he like everything is still christmased up which i guess if we're talking like two to three weeks after christmas Mm -hmm. sure i suppose some people will still have their christmas stuff up that's the thing is that's what i was figuring because we get a lot of him transmogrifying into santa right yeah and it's always snowy yeah 
So I was like, okay, this is early January into early February, and maybe they live in like Minnesota or something where it's just, you know, that part of year is just shitty and it just never isn't. Yeah. But it's never not. It is straight up, there's a point where it's just November all of a sudden, and it's snowy again. We don't see summer in, I think they live in a place called Lakeside. Yeah. That's what's on the cop cars. Yeah, there is a, there's a point where the list gets delivered, and it's, of course, like hundreds of boxes of this list. But, yeah, the Naughty Nice list. But when the, the Naughty Nice list shows up, he's supposed to memorize memorize it and that sort of jumps from like february to november like we don't get to see this interim state where he's getting affairs in order he never quits his job he never has to talk to anyone about like oh yeah i've got a new thing i'm gonna be doing it just it just goes to him memorizing the list it's basically cleaning the fake snow off the sets was too much work for this movie so it, we just go from winter to winter with no discussion of what happened in the interim yeah and of course because the kid is so small the fact that they're like oh yeah it's a year later i'm like no that kid would be way different within a year yeah so he's young enough that a year makes an actual difference there in was how a, he looks there was a point where all of a sudden elves showed up and were like all right santa it's time you have to go to the north pole now and deliver presents and i was like what are you talking about it's been like a week yeah because again timeline completely inscrutable the, ti- in this. the timeline is mega fucked because he doesn't slowly gain weight into santa it's automatic and overnight yeah and he his beard pops in over the course of about a week and at- there's no point where the little kid even gets a haircut. No. The kid is, like, wearing the same shirt as the other day. Yeah. Like, it is just bonkers. And the other problem is the, okay, the ex-wife and the new husband are pissed off because the little kid is like, hey, my dad's Santa now. And they're like, dude, you can't tell your kid that that's going to fuck up his shit. Oh, yeah. I kept forgetting that that was part of the opening of this movie is that Judge Reinhold had already told the little boy, Charlie, Judge Reinhold, by the way, is the ex-wife's husband, new husband. Yeah. He's a psychiatrist because part of the plot of the first movie is that psychiatry is for dummies. That is basically just Tim Allen's thing throughout all three movies is that psychiatry is stupid and and is just like new age stupid hippie bullshit. Yeah, you know what's weird is that for the first two movies there's a whole bunch about how psychiatry is new age hippie bullshit and then the third one for some reason it's all DUI laws and he's just (laughs) like, you know what? Driving while a little drunk isn't a big deal. I'm Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's not true but it's a Tim Allen joke. It is a Tim Allen joke and it's not true. But it's a little true. It's a a little true. <laughs> I'm driving under the influence of cocoa. <laughs> it's okay to drive drunk if they're reindeer. <laughs> so, so the weird thing is the B plot in this is the the two of them are going to take custody away from Tim Allen for being too Santa like because they're like, look, you're you've changed your body and you've changed your appearance to look like Santa just so you can try and connect with your son. And because your kid thinks you are Santa, we are going to get all of your visitation rights taken away, which one isn't going to happen. Like, I'm sorry if someone's like, oh, this kid thinks their dad is Santa. That's not going to make the court go. Oh, well, the dad is to. Oh, well, no court ever even gets involved. The whole thing takes place in an office. Yeah. And fucking. uh, Well, I mean, the court gets involved just because the kid has to go talk to a judge. Yeah, that's they go to a judge's office. and He's like, hey, you know, we can settle this in court in January. But for now, I'm stripping custody from you because you're too Santa. y. You look kind of like Santa. And he tries to explain at one point that, like, oh, I am Santa or whatever, and they're like, you need to stop it. You're being crazy and delusional. I go, okay, there's a scene earlier in this movie where he shaves, looks up, and his beard grows back immediately. It goes poop, and it's right back on his face again. So he's magic, and we've established he's magic. There's also, there's a scene where he goes to the doctor's office to get his heart tested, and not only does his heart rate stay at 62, even if he's jogging as fast as he can, but his heartbeat is jingle bells. At, at some point, 
when they're like, God, you're delusional, Scott. He'd be like, yo, hold up one second. Do you have a goddamn electric razor? And foop, I'm magic, you sons of bitches. Uh, it's magic. Look at that. Who else is magic that we know of? Oh, yeah, Santa Claus. <laughs> like, it's one of those movies. It's an idiot plot. Because if he was just like, I'm not doing this. I'm not choosing to make myself look like Santa. I, I am looking like Santa because of some magic nonsense. Watch I, me. I have been cursed. Yeah. Because that is the plot of this movie. I ran over a gypsy's ch- child, and he said, Santa. Yeah, he just touched me on the cheek and said, Santa, now I'm getting fat. Yeah, it's not my fault. But he has proof. He has obvious, easy access proof. Just cut your fucking beard off in front of people, and then magic as it poops back in. Yep, but no, he does not take the time to do that. Yeah. There's a point where... After he loses custody, they're like, okay, uh, he comes and shows up and he's like, hey, kid, I'm going to go do stuff at the North Pole. And he takes the kid with him. Yes. Well, the kid insists. But, but it's it's one of those things where, like, he should know better. Like, like, you should know that if you just vanish with a child that you're not allowed to have custody with, maybe, just maybe, these guys are going to freak well, out. Well, he shows up at their house. I mean, here's the thing. He he literally has zero respect for Judge, Judge Reinhold's psych, uh, psychiatrist character, Neil. So anytime Neil even starts talking, Tim Allen, even when he's Santa and he is genetically reprogrammed to be nice to people, is just like, ah, I hate this. Ah, my head. Bonk, bonk, bonk. Oh, new age idiot. Ah. Hey, shut up, Neil. Get out of here, you I, dumb sweaters. Like, he refuses to let Neil finish sentences. Yeah. And it's even when he's at his nicest, even when it's an important situation where Neil should be given a voice, he's like, ah, it's fun for me to fuck with this guy. And I'm like, I, I thought I was supposed to like you, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, Neil, uh, the, Charlie basically gets a moment alone with Tim Allen in, in uh, you know, his, uh, his ex-wife's house. And he's like, take me with you, Dad. Uh, I probably shouldn't. Take me with you. Well, you're very insistent, and you are the exact same age as you were last year, so let's just keep saying five. Uh, sure, fine. You can come with me. Well, and- we've already established in this movie that I will do anything you say to get you to shut up, so sure. Yeah. So off they go to the North Pole, where, I, man, Charlie turns out to be a whiz at sleigh manipulation. Well, he, he just has ideas. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know what we need is a vertical takeoff take and landing And a cocoa dispenser yeah i've completely redone that and we've got a flame retardant suit for, okay. for, oh right so we can go down chimneys which i assume had been a problem right possibly but it i mean so chimneys in this movie when he goes down them even if it's like a radiator with a pipe that leads out to the ceiling he can fit down whatever it is and whatever he goes uh, he arrives at turns into a chimney with walking space in it yeah and then he'll walk out and deliver presents and go back up and it turns back into whatever it was which means that a flame retardant suit is only useful in case of he like you know lands in a fire like an actual fireplace yes yeah, not a fireplace but like you know like someone shoots a flamethrower at him or throws a molotov cocktail into the sleigh yeah which you know let's be honest who isn't doing that yeah who's trying to firebomb santa everyone right all the people all the time oh by the way also every movie has a uh, reindeer fart joke every every single goddamn one of yeah, them. yeah don't don't worry we we can gloss over it right now but every movie has a specifically comet the reindeer farts Yes, and Comet is, incidentally, a horrifying puppet in these movies. Oh, my God. He's just this disgusting, animatronic-looking, wet, Ugh. puppety thing whose whose mouth doesn't go up and down so much as side to side. Yeah. And and, and uh, has eyes that, that move independently of each other, and, and he talks like this. He goes, That's, like, constantly. Yeah. In the first movie, he just goes, because, you know, he's a reindeer. But by the second one, they've decided that he's a, he's a character. And so he's just like, yeah, it's, it's real weird. 
Yeah, I don't know why. Ugh. I do not know why. Uh, Comet, you farted. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good Comet. That's some good Comet. <laughs> so okay, so uh, so the the parents freak out, understandably, and uh, like there's a big confrontation where he comes back to deliver presents to the house as Santa. Yeah. By the way, it's like six fucking p.m. when he does this. I, there's, man, there's no way to tell what time it is because just like the time scale of like what time of year it is, the time scale of Christmas Eve when he's delivering presents is completely unknowable. But I mean, let's, let's be clear here. Both of us are going to be willing to accommodate for Christmas magic, right? Like, oh, he can stretch the evening so that he can deliver toys all night long over the blink of a minute or whatever, right? Yeah. Like I'm willing to allow for that and I'm sure you are as sure. well. Here's the problem. He is immediately seen when he leaves out there by these several hundred carolers that are standing around outside in full caroler wear yeah the he delivers fucking uh presents to the ex-wife in whatever's house where he is immediately arrested i mean they're like having dinner in the house when he gets there like no it's it's the police are there waiting yeah for that's him. right the police that no one's in the house there's just police waiting for him yeah um, he gets arrested and then we get the scene where they ask for his name and he gives all the different uh versions right. of he gets hauled uh, back to the police station that's yeah. right yeah yeah and they're like what's your name Chris Kringle. What's your name? Father Christmas. What's your name? Popo Gijo. Let's see. Popo Gijo. Oh, yeah, Père Noël. But Popo Gijo is an Italian cartoon about a mouse. Yeah, that is... I'm, I'm sorry, Tim Allen. I know you wanted to say Popo Gijo because I want to say that. Yeah, and because I think Johnny Carter... Or, uh, Johnny Carson used Johnny to say Carter it. of Mars. Jo Johnny Carter, the son of Jimmy Carter, the president. Of Mars. Of Mars. Johnny Carter of Mars. John Johnny Carter, the son of Jimmy Carter, the president. President of Mars. Johnny Carter, the son of Jimmy Carr. <laughs> <laughs> was his uh, trademark uh, Santa laugh as he would fly through the night. Jesus Christ. I'm <laughs> 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 wanted for tax evasion. <laughs> I love whenever you do a Jimmy Carr impression, he immediately becomes a Muppet. I know, because I can't turn the laugh off. Yeah. Because normally he just sounds like a, like a charming British gentleman, but then he laughs like a weird Muppet. Yeah. He's just like... But when like, you do the voice, you can't turn on... No. Like, oh, I'm Jimmy Carr. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't put the two together. How does he have... Does he have a Muppet stuff? in his throat that only shows up when he laughs? I'm sorry, I've got a Muppet in my throat. <laughs> like, even on the shows he's hosting, people make fun of him for sounding like a tame seal. Yeah, it's okay. just his thing. Yeah, it's just his weird Jimmy Carr thing. I anyhow, <laughs> any hoozlebees. So he gets rescued by elves. Yeah, oh God, because it's a scene where children are important. There's a team called, like, uh, Elfs, which stands for, like, uh, Elves with Jackpacks. Liberation gives... Force. I can't even yeah. remember what the E stands for. Yeah, it stands uh, for Emergency, Emergency Lightweight Flying Squad or something. Who no, knows? Know. It doesn't matter. They're, they're kids with jetpacks who, who also have, like, Christmas equipment that basically they use as, like, yeah, tactical like weaponry. Tinsel that can cut through anything. And yeah, whatnot. and uh, ribbon they can use to wrap up a cop super fast. Yay. Also, they're spotted by a cop, which now, is... again, how how do people not know that Santa exists? Like, straight up fucking elves tie you up with magic ribbon and fly out with Santa. Santa exists in this world and well, no one can say otherwise. I don't know if that is particularly arguments that Santa is real. Like, that's that's weird kids are real. But I I, I don't... Here's, here's If you were to ask, like, seven-year-old Jeff, like, all the way back in 1988, you're like, Jeff, please tell me, what what is Santa? Give me the whole mythos. There's no point where I'd be like, and he's got jetpack elves, and they're all seven. 
and 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 they all they all when you ask them what they are, they say you're they say we're your worst nightmare elves with attitude. That's what they say, elves with attitude. That would not even in 1988 when with attitude was still fucking fresh, <laughs> so fresh and so clean. I'd still would not have associated that with Santa. I would have been like, I hate this. This is from a bad cartoon or something, right? Well, yeah, but yeah. if it happened, if you were like, oh, I saw an actual elf literally flying with Santa Claus, I, you'd be like, oh, well, shit. I, saw, I guess that's real. I saw three elves come sailing in. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. That, that three boats. What the fuck is a boat? What, what are you doing right now? I don't know. So, okay. All right. The... Yeah. He, he has to go back to the house. The first thing, he just goes right back to the house again. Yeah. And he's like, hey, guys, uh, so, well, sorry I kidnapped our son. I mean, part of it is because Charlie comes with the elves. They go to his house first because, you know, one of the things that Charlie has done is rig up a two-way radio in Santa's hat in that first movie. This, all of this shit gets dropped in the second movie, by the way. The second movie is about something else entirely. Yeah. So in the first movie, he's he, uh, Santa has a two-way radio rigged into his Santa hat. The elves show up specifically to the hat, and then they kidnap Charlie again and drag him to the police station and then they rescue Santa who goes right back to that same house again. Yeah, he goes back to the scene of the crime, drops off Charlie Charlie, and is like, hey, uh, sorry I kidnapped your, your son. I'm going to go deliver presents now. Here my ex-wife is Mystery Date, the board game that you didn't get as a kid which made you stop believing in Santa. And here, Neil, is an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle that you didn't get, which is why you didn't believe in Santa Claus. How old is he supposed to be <laughs> neil was three when he stopped believing that was yeah and in, in, in like 1947 as well <laughs> here neil here's the hoop and stick you wanted that you never received as a child here is a ball and jacks <laughs> neil i'm sorry you stopped believing in like the fifth santa back here is a corn cob doll <laughs> here is a particularly shiny rock <laughs> here is a fraggle pebble <laughs> Uh, I have gotten you a Weetabix. <laughs> Neil, here is the secret of fire. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going farther back. That's what we're doing. Neil, here is a dead steaming Struthiomimus you can feast upon. <laughs> uh, man, I want Struthiomimus. <laughs> Once you go Struthiomimus, you never go back Eomimus. Uh, okay, uh... So they then are like, oh my God, it is Santa. He got me material possessions. And, and Neil wants to hug him, but he's confused. And uh, and off he goes. And as Jeff mentioned, like at least a crowd of like 20 people see him fly off in a sleigh saying like, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. I am definitely Santa and I am real. And why are you all fully dressed? It should be the middle of the night, but you're all like in caroler gear. It was dark when I got to the house, was arrested, was then processed, put in jail, rescued, came back here and am flying out again. It should probably be at least least nine it, it it's the it's the part of alaska that looks like the northern part of minnesota is where they are that's the only thing that explains it where it's just night all the time it's just forever night it was when he showed up it was actually three in the afternoon or something yeah also another thing to worth mentioning from this first movie that goes into the mythos is children know that he's santa no matter what he looks like yeah children will just come up to him randomly and be like hey hey i want a bike which makes him 
unimaginably creepy what he's especially when he just looks like tim allen and there's like little kids who like want to sit in his lap yeah i mean at least in this film he's already started the uh santamographication yeah the santification process yeah and so he's like a fat guy with a white beard when kids are coming up to him so it almost makes sense but man in that second movie when he just straight looks like tim allen and some kids like hey i want a dolly and you're like dude no you can't do this when you look like tim allen i'm sorry (laughs) kids coming up to you and sitting on your lap telling you what they want that is a bad scene, my man. Yeah, you know, I heard that this movie was originally going to star Brian Pazane, and that specific part didn't test well. <laughs> uh, hey, Santa, I want a dolly. Okay. Uh, hey, you should sit in my lap. <laughs> you want to go night digging later? <laughs> uh, Brian Pazane jokes. That's what we're giving to you. I love Brian Pazane. Brian Pazane's one of my favorite comedi- uh, comic actors. Hey, that's fine. I met him at a Comic Con once. I, w- I was walking along behind him, and his voice is completely unmistakable. Well, also, yeah. he's like six foot seven, and he looks like one of the ogres from the third edition Monster Manual. Yes. Like, that's, I mean, I'm not saying he looks like a, a Shrek style ogre that's friendly and stuff. He looks like a craggy, yellow, leaning forward, stooped over, humped out ogre monster. Yeah. And, and then you turn around, you're like, dude, you were so rad on Mission Hill. Your character Jim was the best. He's like, thank you. And, and you're you're like, oh man, that's awesome. I hope he tells me a riddle next. <laughs> I hope he tries to play games with me so that I can not be his supper. Do you have any sheep bones I could gnaw? <laughs> Brian Pazane is rad. I had a heavy breakfast of stones. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, a goat is trying to cross a bridge. <laughs> Can't have that. That's Brian Pazane. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, so movie ends. He is Santa, and uh, and the and his son is finally connected with him. Hooray! Yeah, his son gets to go on the ride to deliver the presents because his son is special. Yeah, so so special. And and they've learned to accept. I guess we have a solution to the bad dad situation. If your dad is Santa, he can't be a bad dad. Yep. All right. So the next movie starts. At this movie, Tim Allen is very on. It's eight years later, of course. Yeah. And Santa is extremely on board with being Santa. This is, as they say, because he has a meeting with other immortals. So, you know, Mother Nature and Father Time and the Easter Bunny and The whatnot. Sandman and Cupid are and, the ones that are in that movie. We get another yeah, one in the next movie. And the Tooth movie. Fairy. Oh, that's right, the Tooth Fairy. It's Art LaFleur, one yeah. of my favorite weird character actors. And Also, Michael Dorn is one. I mean, all of these people are famous except for Father Time, really. No, Father Time's a dude. Who is he? I he's, he's, the, he's the fucking boss. Oh, it's Peter uh, Peter Boyle. Yes, they moved him to that. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. I did not know. I did not notice. Yeah. So then that means that Mother Nature's Aisha Tyler. Yep. Father Time's Peter Boyle. Uh, Kevin Pollock is Cupid, who you never even get a good look at his face because he's little. Yeah, he's so little, and they never do a close up of him. Yeah, and then uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Dorn is the Sandman. Uh, Art I have Lef- no idea who the Easter Bunny is. Uh, it's J- it's John Jay. He's a he's a comedian. He's connected with like. Um, uh, the people who made like the state and stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, you can't tell because he's wearing a full bo- body prosthetic Easter Bunny suit. Yeah. But I rec- the voice came through for me. And then Art Lafleur, who's uh, the kind of guy you see in like mob movies and stuff, is is the is uh yeah he's all over the place. Tooth fairy. So okay, all of them are basically having a meeting at the very beginning, and they and they set up that oh Sant this this Santa is good. This is the best Santa we've had. Child happiness is up eighty seven percent. Like he has streamlined the process. Everything's great. The elves love them the kids love them <laughs> elf molestation is way down oh man you would not believe the numbers on elf molestation we kept having to ship elves to other dioceses to ha- to, to, to cover for you but or for your Zing! predecessor boom 
take that Catholicism. You know, I feel bad. You know the cardinal that that was responsible for all that shit died like two days ago. Good, fuck him. <laughs> right? Yeah, he had retired in exile to Rome, and and he just died like a week ago. Hooray! Yeah. All right, moving forward. So uh, we've established that he's amazing. Everything's amazing. We get a new elf that will become a main elf. Oh God, I wish you wouldn't. We get Curtis the elf. Curtis, who is Spencer Breslin. He is in charge of basically the rules, I guess. Well, he he's an elf who likes the rules, and he owns the elf rule hand or the Santa rule handbook. But I think he's like the technological elf. Like he's the one who's like Santa. I've had a new idea for a thing. It, and it, and uh, the weird thing is that Santa is also preternaturally accomplished in toy craft. He, he just he literally gets everything he needs to be Santa. Yeah. So uh, magically, so like when he sees all these crazy devices that this Curtis elf has introduced, he's like, ah. I see you've moved the engines to the outside to increase the flux capacity and you know he's like yes sir also it looks cool <laughs> yeah uh but there is a problem because there's apparently something they need to tell him and oh, they don't want to oh boy but it turns out there's two problems there's there's two problems one they need to tell and one that happens the first problem is charlie got himself on the naughty list that's right fucking charlie's back we actually give a shit about his family and it's the exact same actors again. yeah yeah it's uh it's it's eric lloyd again now looking to be about 14 or 15 years old and looking like ralph macchio yes looking creepily like ralph macchio yeah he is mucho mas macchio <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so he so he's very macchio and uh he he, he got is- caught tagging a thing at school but the specific thing is he's the christmas tagger yeah like he's tagging that uh there's no christmas allowed in school and he's super angry about it yeah he he thinks that the school is insufficiently christmasy which it is we'll talk about how it, the, the weird situation of christmas at this school uh okay but the other thing the main plot of this movie is there's a different clause to his thing and that is the mrs clause you see he has apparently eight years to get married yeah he had eight years to get married no one bothered to tell him in these eight years i mean it's certainly there wasn't a mrs claus there when he arrived no which means either <laughs> we've talked last about Santa, this i only survived for about seven years and mm-hmm. so never had to worry about that and he survived on elves if you understand what i'm getting at <laughs> like, yeah like either he was around for a short enough period of time that he never had to worry about getting married or he did and as soon as he died the wife was just like kicked out well here's here's my view of it you can tell me if you think this is crazy or not i think think that once you marry a Mrs. Claus, you develop that Skeksis and Mystic's Dark Crystal connection. So that the moment that he, the moment that the Santa, the first movie died, she was like, ah! And then she disappeared in a flash of white light. Yeah. I think that's what happened here. I'm almost and then, certain. And then all the elves just sort of nodded to themselves and went about their business. Yeah. That's why they weren't surprised when Santa showed up. Yeah, well, they, they had warning. They're like, oh, that's our early warning system. The only reason the Mrs. Claus exists is so that the elves know if something happens to Santa, because she fucking bursts into flame and dies so 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 santa needs to get married when does he need to get married by christmas what yeah he's got 28 days to find himself a lady and settle down or else he'll not be santa anymore and now, already the desantification has started now now notably it's uh it's exactly 28 days in order to get married uh and it has to be true love and it has to be a woman. Yeah, that's just the other so problem. You know, it says you have to. It has to find and marry a woman with it by, by a set number of years after you uh, you become Santa. Yes. So that means that I mean I don't know what the implications are of okay if I'm gay and I become Santa am I just like oh well I guess after eight years I'm done being Santa or 
Like with Tim Allen when he got all brain fucked, is it is it just going to make you straight? I think like so. Does, does the Santa outfit train change your sexuality? It changes your personality. It changes who you are. I think the the immortal personification of Santa is straight, and therefore, if you're a gay person who puts on the Santa suit, it will straight you. Oh man, it just straight goes yo zero on the Kinsey. Get the fuck out. Yeah, that's what happens. The fucking thing is conversion therapy in a pair of pants. Ugh. God. It's it, it's a, a, an unsettling concept to be sure. Yeah. And it also means that there's no way a lady can be Santa Claus unless that lady then turns into a dude. And then she has <laughs> well, to marry a lady. No, no, it's fine. That lady can stay a lady. The clause just says you have to marry a lady. It doesn't say that you, a dude, have to marry a lady. Lesbian Santas are fine. That said, they will get fat and get a huge white beard. <laughs> that said, it is super hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the source of our fic for uh, the Santa Claus 4. Yeah, li- <laughs> the, lipstick the, lesbian clause. The lipstick les- Why is lipstick lesbians involved? <laughs> so, okay, but it does mean that it will turn a, a straight woman that puts on the outfit gay. Yeah, because you have to marry a lady. Yes, you're not allowed to marry a not lady. So, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we know that being fat and having a beard is part of it, but is having a big swanging dick part of being Santa? I think it's all stuff that's part of the mythos. And I, if I can remember correctly, I believe that Santa has a... Uh, Santa's hog definitely features prominently in my memories. I do not remember it in, in any of the lines from Twas the Night Before Christmas. He has a bowl full of jelly, uh, 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 like a stomach, or laugh like a bowl full of jelly. Uh, he's got twinkling eyes. Uh, Some rosy cheeks. Rosy cheeks. Uh, and a big swinging D. <laughs> And a dick the size of a shoe. <laughs> and the dick the size of a shoe. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just part well, of it. Yeah, that's part of it now. Santa's big Santa swinging baby, dick. you've got a dick as big as a shoe. So it's true. true. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, so he has to go take care of two things. He's got to make sure that his son stops being a little dickbag, and he's got to find a lady. <laughs> yeah, so luckily, uh, one of the problems of the uh, clause, uh, the Mrs. Claus coming into its failing period is that it starts turning him into Tim Allen again. Yeah, he starts de-Tim Allening. Now, de-Tim Allen? <laughs> yeah. That's what, I assume that's what like Judge Reinhold and stuff had to do for about a month after each one of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've showered three times today and it just won't come off. Get back in the hyperbaric chamber. You're still a little Tim Allen-y. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's where Jonathan Taylor Thomas is to this very day. <laughs> Get back in the chamber, Zachary Ty Bryan. The world is not ready to see you yet. Uh, but I think I'm ready. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he's de-Santaing. Yeah. Now, back in the North Pole, they need a Santa because it's almost Christmas, and their plan is to make a toy Santa. So Curtis has a giant machine, which thankfully does not feature in the slightest in the third film, which uh, can replicate, uh, it can either duplicate, enlarge, or reduce toys that you put on a conveyor belt on one side of it. So he sends Santa through it to duplicate him into a toy. So we get a toy, like, you know those old Duracell? commercials mm-hmm. or that weird Primus video. <laughs> That's what we get as Santa Claus. He just kind of looks like a Max Headroom Santa. Yeah, he is a very plastic Santa Claus. Yeah, he, <laughs> Dude, Plastic Santa is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> yeah, from Primus. I plug you in. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
He, it's Tim Allen again as a very plasticky, sheeny Santa Claus. Which is weird because I thought the whole desantification thing was he was like, I'm so sick of all the fucking prosthetics I have to wear to be Santa. I'm going to have this movie where I get to just be Tim Allen for most of it. But then they went ahead and made San- the Santa toy Santa, which is like an entire extra level of crap he has See, to put on. I think the desantification process was so that they could do the romance scenes with just Tim Allen. So because they didn't want to have to write in a situation where... Where he had to be like, all right, you have to go find true love with a woman in the world who is perfect for being Mrs. Claus because she's specifically into Santa-type dudes. Yeah, which, I mean, the first person he dates, Molly Shannon, very much is. Very much into Santa's size and shape dudes. She is super Christmas lady. I don't understand. Like, the best bet you really have is to, like, get a Santa cycle and head to Sturgis. Huh. That's because Where else are you going to find ladies that are into huge, beardy men? Yeah. I mean, it'd be perfectly fine to bring home another dude. You could find an otter that's into a Santa type in, like, a hot second. Oh, but, if I mean, if you just straight brought home, like, some biker chick, she's like, sup, you fucking elves? <laughs> And just hey, which one of you little kids wants to see my titties? Hey, hey, who's got the whiskey here? We have cocoa. Okay, well that better be code for whiskey or meth. I'll take either. <laughs> Yo, I see you've got some uh, some crystal here. Hey, who's who's I got to fight around here to get a bed? <laughs> well, do you uh, want a shower, ma'am? Nah, nah, <laughs> I'm good. Yep. <laughs> I mean, those are the two primary options. You, you could either bring home a biker chick, or you could bring home a skinny, hairless little gay dude <laughs> who's so, super into Santas. Yeah, that's that's your options. <laughs> so that's why the desantification process had to happen, was so that they didn't just have to explain, oh, you know, the lady also has to be into dudes of gravity. Yeah, <laughs> so dudes of a certain gravity. <laughs> All right, so where were we? So Curtis builds this toy Santa, which is Tim Allen at his worst. Yeah, toy Santa is Tim Allen just hamming it up the whole time mm-hmm. and uh, essentially just turns into Santa fascist. Yeah, he turns, basically he gets his hands on the book of rules for Santa and starts obeying all of them and then starts improving them. Yeah. That's his whole arc. His whole thing is he's like, no kid is good. All children are naughty. No one gets toys. Everyone gets coal. I'm dressing up like uh, like a dictator. And and then uh, he specifically dresses up kind of like Idi Amin. Yeah. And then uh, he, he builds, he uses the giant machine to make toy soldiers that are hilarious they're just awful there's just they're just people in cardboard toy soldier costumes that are the opposite of threatening because they only have like three joints yeah it'd like, be like oh a, man it'd be like being afraid of big c-3po's <laughs> <laughs> oh who am i please we must we must give coal to the children who and then people are like you don't have knees that work i could just push you backwards look <laughs> you have like the worst center of gravity boink oh oh, oh, oh gosh uh, on my back again. <laughs> oh, wink. <laughs> I sure hope no one comes along and takes advantage of me. Atu. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Atu, did you hear what I said? <laughs> oh, we've really ruined C-3PO for ourselves. <laughs> it's so bad. So, uh, yeah. So he meets the principal of the school where his kid is at, and the principal's like, fuck Christmas. I, I run a tight ship here, and we can't spend any money on Christmas. So, okay, this is obviously the love interest, because she's the only other woman in the movie besides the ex-wife. And she's definitely an actress you've seen. Yes, she's Elizabeth Mitchell, I think is her name. Uh, and she is mean, and, and, and she doesn't hate Christmas. She specifically thinks that because she's running a public school, she can't afford money for Christmas decorations, because it takes away from 
education. Which, I mean, fucking fair. Okay. When she was explaining it, I was like, yeah, sure. If you've got to decide between, like, textbooks or tinsel, then fucking great. Choose the books. But, however, <laughs> their, their gym is heavily decorated one night only for the staff faculty party. Yeah, he invites her out at one point. She's like, oh, I've got to go to the staff Christmas party. Oh, my God. I want to talk about every part of that fucking sequ- sequence. But... <laughs> When they go to the staff Christmas party, the entire gym is like lights all around it, tinsel, wreaths, a 20 fucking foot tall tree, giant fuck off tree with now granted fake presents, but presents that have been wrapped. Just take all that shit and scatter it lightly around the school and Charlie will stop tagging. Yeah, I'm like, you You have enough money to do this for one night for a dumb Christmas party. For adults only. Yeah, you. if you left that tree up and got it earlier and just scattered a couple of those wreaths out and put a few lights around, be like, there you go, it's Christmas, whatever. Well, I mean, here's the big problem with this. The, the initial scene, the first meeting between Tim Allen and this principal lady, uh, I mean, the problem is she's Mrs. Claus by the end of this movie and all the way through this, the, the third one, so I've forgotten what her actual name was. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, uh, Carol. Carol, uh, sure. You get it, Carol? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, so Tim Allen has to go into the principal's office to kind of go through the talk about how uh, uh, Charlie's been tagging the school with anti-Christmas messages, and she's like, well, uh, I, I, we can't afford to put Christmas all over the school, and he's like, well, goddammit, it's time this school had a little Christmas. I'll tell you what, Christmas needs to be in more places, and I'm like, all right, I understand that you're like half Santa right now, but... I." Please stop trying to force Christmas into places. This, it's a public school. How many Jewish kids do you think are there? Yeah. Quit, quit it with this. At one point, he does say holiday cheer, but he says Christmas like 12 times before that. Now, I, once again, I understand this is Santa Claus. If anyone's, if I'm going to make like, it. If ex- someone's going to be cheerleading for more Christmas, it should be Santa Claus. He's pretty much the one person in the world with a pass. You know. But still, the message comes across pretty unpleasantly. In our, it, yeah, it, when, it, when someone comes up to you, an old white man comes up to you and says, there should be more Christmas in your public school, I have a visceral reaction of, oh, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, shut up. No, <laughs> There should be more holiday shit in the school, huh? I, I went to a school that was like 45% Jewish kids. <laughs> we would get mad. Also, let me just tell you something. I went to a fucking Catholic all-boys school. We had zero Christmas decorations, okay? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, what school is going all out on the Christmas decorations? Kids don't give a fuck. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this, John. Was it pretty much just an all-day dick parade for you just the well i mean only only at two o'clock when we had the dick parade oh yeah but it wasn't an all-day dick parade (laughs) i'm just saying you went to an all-boy catholic high school how was the shower of dicks game like how many was it just dicks coming at you from every direction Uh, what hold on what do you think my experience was like in high school oh i don't think it was all that much to do with you i figured you were shrinking away from dicks the same speed you shrank away from dodgeballs (laughs) i think you were well yeah you got to dodge balls with all those dicks coming at you if you could If you could dodge a dick, you could dodge a ball. No, I, I figure you were mostly sitting in the pillowy corner, a pillowy little boy reading a book about ghosts. But I, I figure that there was mostly just a shower of dicks for most of the... It, it, tell me, it, was it mostly just gay dudes doing dick stuff all oh, the time? Oh, no. It was no? mostly homophobes talking about how much someone else liked dick. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, you, you don't... It's a Catholic school. It was 99.9% people being like, huh, fag. No. And I'm like, oh, I hate all of you. You're right. I forgot what high school was like. I'm sorry. And then there was one g- actually gay guy who was like, fuck you, assholes. <laughs> Screw you. I know where there's a much better class of dicks. <laughs> uh, I know you keep saying things, but you like dick. <laughs> You gotta be, that's that's that fun experience you get to have when you're the one gay kid in school and you've like had sex with all the gay bullies. <laughs> you're like, you're like, ah, I'm the only one who's okay with it. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I don't get bullied because they know I'm going to be successful and you're all going to hurt yourselves. Uh, yeah, no, no, that I feel was bad. the high school. That was too far. All right. So, okay. Moving forward, instead of talking about your, your dick parade <laughs> to high school. <laughs> My weird all-day dick parade. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have personal images. As, as a bisexual dude, I have a lot of images of what an all-dude high school would be like, and it's mostly dick-related. Yeah, no, the it's much closer to Lord of the Flies than it is <laughs> to the Thunder Down Under. <laughs> also, in those, also in those images, I am also in high school, so it's not that I'm my current old man status perving out on high school boys. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> I just want it to be clear yeah. that I am not previous Santaing on this. <laughs> All right, moving forward, <laughs> we got to get rid of this section. So he he charms all of the teachers because he uses Santa magic to oh. create all of the presents that they wanted. Oh, you're skipping ahead. There's so many things I want to talk about right here. Real quick, let me get. Let okay, me, fine. Real quick, I'll go real quick. Fine. First of all, this principal acts like she has superhuman powers because she she basically just keeps telling adults what they're going to do. Oh, she basically acts like a dictator. She's she's just like, oh, this is going to happen, and they're like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, too bad. Yeah, basically. Tim Allen's like, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll punish him. He's grounded for three weeks. And his son's like, can I do community service? And he's like, sure. Can my son do community service? Yeah. Also, you're going to do community service. And he's like, mm, no, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. You just volunteered. We'll see you on Saturday. You just volunteered to be the head of the group. And you're like, what? What? No, he's not. What are you, a drill sergeant? You, you can't... have no jurisdiction over him. Oh, that's weird because you just volunteered to shut the hell up and go away. <laughs> Uh, and then um, he does go to these morning meetings where uh, he has to scrape paint off walls with his son. Uh, and the principal is also there because she always does this. And she sees a little girl come up to him and talk to him because even though he's just Tim Allen at this point, she can tell he's Santa. Yeah. So she's like, I want a dolly. And he's like, all right, you'll get a dolly. Thanks very much. Goodbye. And she, this is enough to charm her completely, that, that a strange girl walked up to him and he didn't, like, do anything horrible. <laughs> so, well, I mean, if I saw a strange girl go up to Tim Allen and he wasn't horrible, I'd be like, wow, that's weird. One of the weird things that we establish in this second film is that Tim Allen, apparently, like, his character, Scott Calvin, when not Santa, is extremely awkward and not good at talking to girls. Yep. Uh, even though he's, like, a successful businessman who has been married once and has, has a child. Yeah. Uh, so he... When he he shows up at her house later, and he's like, "Hey, uh, do you want to do a thing?" And she's do like, "You want to get noodles and pie? You want to get noodles and pie?" And she's like, "What the fuck is that? Is that your idea of a date? Noodles and pie? What is happening?" <laughs> just just <laughs> for that, that, just for that, I'm signing you up for five more volunteer projects against your will. <laughs> <laughs> Although I gotta say, I mean, if someone was like, "Yo, you want to go get some ramen and pie?" I'd be like, "You're goddamn right, I do." <laughs> yeah, man. Now I want some ramen. I wish we weren't recording this in the middle of the night. Uh, so, okay. Um, he goes to her house to ask her out, and she's like, "I can't. I have a Christmas thing at this jo- at, at my work." And he's like, "Well, I, I could drive you there, okay? But then how am I gonna get back? Well, I could, I'll I could pick you up. I could come pick you up." And she's like, "Why don't you just ask if you could go with me?" And he's, he's like, "Ooh." Oh, I just came. Never mind. Never mind. I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> oh, you know what we completely forget? The second fucking movie, there's a whole watch subplot where he's got a watch on, and every time he uses Santa magic, he loses some of his watch energy, and if he runs out of oh, yeah, watch the, energy... No, the watch is saying how much magic he has left. If he runs out of it, he can never go back to the North Pole. Well, he can't magic his way back to the North Pole. No, that's, the yeah, because he actually ends up riding back on the Tooth Fairy. Okay, but anyway, uh, so she agrees to go on the date with him, and he uses Santa magic to generate a horse draw on sleigh to get them there, yep. which goes one mile an hour down the street. Yeah, she's like, oh, I gotta go to this uh, <laughs> this teacher Christmas meeting, and you're like, man, you are gonna be late by like five hours, because this horse is going as 
slow as possible down the center of the street. Which is kind of a Christmas movie tradition is anytime characters have to go down the street, they go down the exact middle of the street. They they go through both lanes, in deck the halls, they built the road that they made out of Christmas lights right down the middle of the street. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) During Christmas time, traffic doesn't exist unless you need it to. Yeah, unless it's a problem for you. Traffic doesn't exist, and then it's you just parade your way down the middle of the street at one mile an hour in a horse-drawn sleigh with an automatic cocoa generator, because Lord knows we didn't have enough cocoa yet, and it, it takes them forever. They have a huge, long conversation about her childhood Christmases. Yes. And then we get to this dumb Christmas party. Yeah, he uses Santa power to give the presents that all of these adults want, which makes them all become happy now, because the only thing to become happy you need is material possessions that you remember as a kid. It's basically nostalgia is the best way to make anyone happy. Let's talk about this scene for a second, because, okay, the first guy to open a present gets a toss across, which if you don't remember, that's just cornhole the game. <laughs> no, people actually call that fucking game cornhole. I oh, kn- I know. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't worry. I went to the Midwest and I've played cornhole. Don't, don't fret. Yeah. I'm down with the roots. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad to hear it. And then another, some lady gets an easy bake oven. Some lady gets a, a little Dolly wets herself. Someone gets a copy of fucking Clue. So basically, we just get a bunch of name brand toys from the late 60s, early 70s on into the 80s. Yeah, it's just like, oh, these two guys are playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots do now. You, do you have a toy that you either got or didn't get as a kid that was specific and brand name for that era that you would want so much that it would make you peaceful if you got it today? If someone straight up got me in old school, still in the box Nintendo and we're like here man hook this shit up I've got all the cables you need and an old style TV to hook it up to yeah you do you need one of those rad as fuck yeah the original Nintendo's needed that fucking RF adapter shit yeah you don't no it's really hard to play old Nintendo's now oh yeah you would need a grip of adapters in order to play it on anything modern yeah but if they were like here's a an original Nintendo not like the little one that they released but an actual original Nintendo with cartridges and a TV to play it on I'd be like dude rad and I would immediately sit down and play Mario well I guess you're just the right age i'm trying to think of what it would be for me it would be like some weird toy that i barely even remember it'd be like the gi joe rolling thunder like i think the only other present i've gotten that would be as impactful is very specifically a pound puppy Mm -hmm. a a black pound puppy that i got when i was a kid that was like oh this was my thing like for years that was my stuffed animal And so, like, that would be the only other thing that if I open it up, I'd be like, holy shit, that is very specifically a gift for me. Also, a a book about ghosts. Yes, I know. I can see it in your face. I knew you were waiting to say a book about ghosts. No, I was creating a whole mythology where it was Dolaire's big book of Greek myths and also ghosts, John. Look, I opened up my present, and it was a beanbag chair and a book about ghosts, and all of a sudden, everything was right with the world. I don't even know why it's a book about ghosts. It's not like you actually had that. It's just what I envisioned you wanting. No, it's because I mentioned that the first time you called me a little pillowy marshmallow boy that would sit inside. I was like, oh, yeah, and I would just read a book about ghosts. Okay, fair enough. But now it's now in my mind it's Dolaire's big book of Greek myths and also ghosts, John. Comma John. <laughs> Did you ever read the old Dolaire's books? You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. I had the Greek one and the Norse one, and they were like important. Th- that might be the book that would get me the same way. If you were like, Jeff, here's a, here's a book from your childhood that you'll treasure and remember, and it'll just turn you into a kid sitting on the floor. It might be Dolaire's big book of Greek myths. There you go. Because I, I read that thing like a thousand times. <laughs> 
So, so yeah, that makes everyone straight lose their goddamn minds. Yeah, all of the adults turn into kids again, essentially. They're, they're just sitting on the floor playing with their toys. And then he uses <laughs> Santa magic one more time to give to give the woman, to give Carol a little baby dolly. Yeah, it's it's baby doll. And, and then, it's the specific one she was talking about in the the carriage. It's like, oh, it was, it was this baby doll and it had this pink silk dress and it was the, the thing I wanted. And it was my favorite scene because she like looks down. It's like, it's baby doll. And then it kind of cuts away from them. And I'm just like, oh, she is going to blow him so hard. Yeah, she's going to blow him so hard. She's going to end up blowing the dude behind him. <laughs> like, that is what's happening she is gonna suck him so hard his dick's coming off like <laughs> well she does that she does a move i've only seen in a couple of other things the futurama did a great scene of this as well where where uh she's so seduced that she just loses interest in the world and just grabs him by the hand and yanks him out of the room she's like you come with me she, n- n- wordless just like grabs him by the hand it's like let's go mm, mm, out 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 of this room <laughs> yeah <laughs> they go into the hallway and the fact that they haven't even kissed yet is amazing to me because i was like oh no i would expect this to like cut to you banging in the teacher's lounge or something well here's the uh, yeah they, and then he uses his magic again to create mistletoe yeah because that's what you needed the excuse to kiss yeah because she was super ready to go oh yeah. he's like well i can't do it without the mistletoe i'm kind of santa e i'm, like, I'm definitely santa it's like dude you do you you seduced her already you can't seduce her anymore it's fine she's she is definitely wet now <laughs> she's good to go because you gave her a doll yeah that's that it, it, the weird thing for me is in this movie is that she doesn't get suspicious until he actually tells tells her flat out i am santa claus yeah and then she's like get the fuck out of get here. out of my house but he's like look i i uh i clearly came to this party with you to a party i didn't know existed but then when i got here there was a huge bag of toys i had that was the exact toys everyone in the room would want yeah remember and, how mistletoe literally magically appeared yeah and the whole time she's never just like huh what the fuck are you are you like i don't expect him to be santa claus because she never sees him looking like santa claus no, you'd be like are you a weird wizard are you a wizard what is this are you fucking mix yes spitlick what are we doing right now uh say your name backwards real quick let's (laughs) (laughs) nella mitt (laughs) all right all right but i got my eye on you (laughs) so anyway he they have a wonderful first date uh and then he shows up this is like December 23rd. December 24th, he shows up and he's like, look, I got to tell you the truth. I'm, I'm fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> and you will be soon. Hey! Hey! I'm Santa Claus. And uh, he doesn't tell her that they need to get married. He's just like, I'm Santa Claus. And she's like, get out of the house. And he's like, why? She's like, I told you a really private thing about how I didn't believe in Santa anymore. And then you used it to, tr- to, to fool with me by pretending to be Santa Claus. It was like, lady, you're an adult. It's not a really private thing that you don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. <laughs> Uh, be like, it's like, it's like, John, I'm going to tell you something deeply personal right now, okay? Okay. I used to shit in diapers. <laughs> when you say used to. <laughs> I mean, I don't need to poop right now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, when I was a baby, I used to shit in diapers, and then I learned to shit in a toilet, John. But I it's... need to tell you something very personal. Yeah. I used to shit in your diapers. <laughs> <laughs> my childhood baby diapers? <laughs> My, my baby diapers. Man, I just got a big bag of my baby diapers from Santa, and I was like, oh, my diapers, my baby diapers. He remembered. <laughs> Santa knew about my diapers, <laughs> my special diapers. <laughs> All right, so so uh, they they I forget how they even reconcile. So but- what happens is he has to go back to the North Pole because fascist Santa is taken over. That's right. Yeah. So he fascist toy Santa. He uh, has. 
uh, oh, his ex and husband have a new kid. The do- they have a daughter. Lucy. And Lucy loses a tooth so that that way they can summon the tooth fairy and he can get the tooth fairy to fly him and uh, Curtis. Because Curtis, Curtis took a one-way trip to get there on a, on a jetpack that ran out of fuel. Santa got back in the first place by riding Comet, who got too fat from eating too many Nestle Crunch bars, so he couldn't fly Santa back on his own, but he sure could fart. Yay! So they get the tooth fairy to fly them back and meanwhile uh charlie goes over to the principal and is like hey uh you might not believe that my dad is santa but you should because he is because he is and then she's like wait what and he's like well you see all that magic shit he did he's definitely santa also here's a magic snow globe you can look at here's here's a here's a piece of literal magic for you here's a guy who understands the basic concept of how to convince people of things bring them easily available evidence like hey did you know i have this thing and it is magic look anyway i have proof of magic now at that point though he does belie his own point by saying seeing isn't believing believing is seeing now see this thing (laughs) believing is seeing by the way is a terrible message to give to people yeah i mean i guess i mean that's a cult it's a good message if you want to be like uh, you know in a religion i guess but but otherwise it's a terrible message (laughs) so uh anyway tim allen destroys the fucking the toy, toy soldiers Santa and, and the toy soldiers and the toy Santa shrinks to- Santa down to a toy size. Yeah, but it's you know it's a bunch of slapstick snowball fights going down slides, snowmobiles, just stuff. It's just busy stuff. It's, it's just a lot of business. Yeah, and you know Bernard and Curtis are running around. Yeah, just, it's just a bunch of running around. So uh, at that point, we get. Fucking Carol and Charlie come back because the Tooth Fairy also brings them. Oh, yeah, because Charlie tears one of his own teeth out. Yeah. And so they show up, they help save the day, and then fucking Carol has to decide right then and there, are you going to marry this random dude who you have known for maybe about two weeks in order to save Christmas? Well, they're like, no pressure. Are you really in love with me? I am. We've gone on one date. We have definitely barely known each other, but I am for sure in love with you. I feel like we're going so fast that we even kind of forgot to talk about how Molly Shannon sings an entire Shania Twain song about Christmas. Hey, I said Molly Shannon was in there as a weird Christmas obsessed lady i just wanted to point out that she sings an entire version of what uh oh totally crazy or whatever that song's called man i feel like a woman thank you uh except she makes it about christmas yeah man i feel like some christmas yeah that's what it was uh <laughs> anyway uh they yeah they, they defeat the toy santa uh she find this is this is the rough part uh, uh carol finds out that the whole santa claus mrs claus exists yeah, this is, I mean, that really should have been the she's all that moment of this movie. It should have been the deal breaker, not the he's pretending to be Santa, but the this is all about him needing to get married. Yeah, no, it is definitely the she's all that of this movie. Yeah. And she was instead like, oh, were you just trying to get married? He's like, no, at first I was, but then I fell in love with you, and now I need to take you to prom. Incidentally, I did need to fall in love with you as well. That was part of the contract, so still yes. So also yes. I, what I love is where she's like, wait, is this just because you needed to get married no it was and is but no (laughs) no i mean yes obviously but no yeah that's basically the conversation they have and then she's like yes i'll marry you santa and he's like well i'll get a lot fatter and i'll get a big white beard and i'll do and there'll be a lot of cocoa jokes and reindeer farts and you'll have to live in a place where there's nothing but children uh tim allen's latest comedy album (laughs) cocoa jokes and reindeer farts not that great (laughs) 
let's put it on the pile of Tim Allen comedy albums because they're all not that great. Uh, all right, so uh, then he goes off and delivers the toys. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. There's a whole fight scene where Toy Santa tries to go off and deliver the toys. Well, yeah, he the before he even gets married, he has to stop Toy Santa from getting out and delivering coal to everyone. Yeah. So there's a big like action movie sequence where he's jumping around on the reindeer and yeah. has to punch the toy version of himself. So, yeah, and then he defeats the toy version of himself, turns into turns him into a little dancing toy Santa uh, and then we get a dance sequence of Mrs. Claus with big fat thighs because that's the only change that they had prosthetics for well it's uh, end of the movie has that standard weird modern day movie ending where there's a big dance sequence where all of the characters have to dance now yep uh, so we get a Mrs. Claus dance scene where they do her up like she's got the gray hair in a bun and they gave her some glasses and yeah like tried to make her look Mrs. Clausy, which they abandon immediately in three. Yeah. Well, why don't we get over to that then? Then. Yeah. So we get to three, and uh, Mrs. Claus is nine months pregnant. She's super pregnant. It's almost Christmas, and she's getting super upset because she spent three years at the North Pole now, and she hasn't seen her family. Yeah. So she's like, "Man, I really just want to have this baby, but also, like, I haven't seen an adult that isn't you in years." Yeah. And uh, let's see who else is still in this movie. Everyone but David Crumb. So no more Barn- uh, uh, Bernard, Bernard, but but Curtis is way more important, which is a real disappointment, which and also unfortunate because it is very clearly him three years older. Yes, he gets exactly three years older over the course of about three years, and apparently forgets how to be a charming child because he's awful in this. Oh, just the goddamn worst. <sighs> okay, so third one's just joyless. So the third well, one's because the third one has Martin Short in it, just sucking the joy right out of it. So he's sucking the joy so hard out of this movie, it sucks it out of the movie. <laughs> behind it <laughs> what's the movie behind this <laughs> uh, oh it's just a di- it's a different tim allen christmas movie maybe that explains why uh oh god what's it called the one where they have to ki- uh, they, their kid leaves uh you know the, the one we already reviewed it, it uh, was christmas with the cranks christmas with the cranks that's why christmas with the cranks is joyless is because ki- uh, martin short sucked all the joy out of the santa claus 3 the escape clause yes all right so there, here are the big issues in, in three, the big things that Santa needs to deal with. Uh, his wife's super pregnant, and she really wants to see her family again. So he's trying to figure out how to either get her there or get them here. Yes. Um, Martin Short is hanging around. He is the new legendary figure, Jack Frost. He wants to have his own holiday, and he'll do anything to get one. Yeah, he he is desperate to be famous. He's apparently put up like some standees of himself in malls, and he like froze a volcano or whatever. So, so they're, they're about to strip him of his legendary status or something, but instead he asks if he can just be Santa Claus's intern for a while, to which Santa agrees because he feels like he could use the help. Yeah. Uh, Martin Short, we might as well describe what he's like in this movie. Uh, he's he's very, very Martin Short. He's very Martin Short. Um, and you got to get Martin Shorty. Yeah, he... he I'm sorry. I, I, that's a good joke. It's a good joke, I want but I to, just can't. I want you to know... The it's joy a, has been sucked out of yeah, me. Yeah, so, and the guy behind me. <laughs> um, that's me. I'm the guy that keeps getting sucked <laughs> oh, off from behind. It's Brian Posehn. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't have any joy anymore. <laughs> I don't think I ever really did. <laughs> Except in death metal music. Uh, All right, so... All right. Um so Martin Short has blue hair and a blue suit and he, you know, he's Martin Short. He constantly modulates the volume of his voice and he shouts non sequiturs. Yep. Martin Short runs around being Martin Short and he's evil. Yeah. Uh, a ma- 
amazingly, little little Ralph Macchio Charlie returns for a third time, but he's basically the Margot Kidder of Superman 3 of this movie, where he's in it for like 15 seconds at the beginning to be like, hi guys, I also exist in this universe now, good day. I'm still here. Yeah. I'm going to go like snowboarding. Anyway, goodbye. Instead, what's happening in this movie is Judge Reinhold as Neil and and, uh, the old ex-wife character and the daughter, uh, their new daughter, uh, Lucy, are getting to go to the North Pole. Yes. So it's all of them at the North Pole, along with uh, Carol's <laughs> mother and father. Carol's mother and father, played by Anne Margaret and Alan Arkin. Yep. So we've really entered kind of the meet the Fockers phase of this, where we're, we're just piling on guest celebrities. I was really sad, because I originally, when I read it, thought it said Alan Alda. <laughs> that would have been way and better. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi there. I'm your dad. I can Alan Alda's voice is impossible. I'm sorry. I shouldn't <laughs> even try. Don't, he's, don't even. He's amazing. But Alan Arkin's fine, too. I've got That's no problem. Fine. I have no I have no issues with Arkin. I was just like... Oh, I thought it was all the. Oh, okay. But basically, Alan Arkin for this movie is doing his best Owen Wilson. Because <laughs> I think he says "Wow" like like a thousand times. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, all of these characters are going to be brought together at the North Pole, and I'm wrapping this bad boy up. We can talk about more of the legend of what Santa Claus is all about, but the story of this one is boring. The story of this one can very quickly be summed up in that uh, Jack Frost goes around sabotaging everything to fuck up. Uh, Christmas as much as possible and mm-hmm. make things harder for Tim Allen's Santa because there is a snow globe for every Santa that has ever been and if a Santa takes that snow globe that is his and says I wish I had never been Santa at all then he, it goes back in time and he doesn't get to be Santa anymore. But weirdly he, they do go back in time. I mean I'm not exactly sure what the premise of this is. We really gotta talk because it does happen in the movie. Jack Frost manages to trick and beguile Santa into holding the, the orb and saying, I wish I had never been Santa at all. At which point, both Jack Frost and Santa Claus are transported to Scott Calvin's house. We are transported back to the Santa Claus one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But both of them are there. And then... Jack Frost kills the original Santa Claus and becomes Santa for a while in kind of like the big climactic moment of the movie. But, you know, Scott Calvin doesn't come outside during the first time it happens. Yeah, it's weird because it happens twice. Basically, uh, the first time they do it, Jack Frost gets the suit, puts it on, and then we get a weird flashpoint future where he's Santa and he's turned the North Pole into like an amusement park. And uh, and the dinosaurs are loose. And he's commodified all of Christmas mm-hmm. into... Like, rich people just come up here and buy the experience but of everyone's, Santa. Everyone's real mad. And, and, oh, and, kids are selfish and, and nasty, and he's he's just an asshole. Yeah. But, but he's, here's, the weird thing is that what, what basically happens is you get sent back in time to the moment where you were Santa, or you, where you became Santa, and then you can stop yourself from becoming Santa, at which point you travel back into the future to see what happened as a result of you not doing it. Yes. It's not just that you wish and then you never killed Santa and, and your universe changes. Instead, you have to go on a little bill and Ted mission to fix yourself. Yeah, it doesn't just straight, it's a wonderful life you. Yeah. You instead have to go back in time and change things like physically by going back in time. The weird thing is that uh, it's that organic matter is the only thing that can transport so you have to go naked. <laughs> There's a little bubble of electricity Yeah, and it just disintegrates everything that would be inside of it. The worst part is that you know, when, when Santa... Well, the worst part of it is a naked Martin Short. Yeah, naked <laughs> Martin Short shows up and he sees Santa and he's like, I need your clothes, your boots, and your sleigh. You know what? I'm amazed and, that the movie didn't do that. Oh, and it's amazing because also when Santa shows up naked, big swinging dick, size of a shoe. <laughs> size of a shoe. Santa baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it around. Oh, my gosh. 
dick the size of a shoe. Dick the size of a shoe. <laughs> I just want to fit Santa has a dick the size of a shoe into like every Christmas song now. <laughs> deck the halls with balls of holly. Santa has a dick the size of a shoe. <laughs> so, so they travel back. They have this weird flashpoint thing and it fucks everything up. So he is now an executive again who works on Christmas and he doesn't care about Christmas. Well, and- he works on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. And uh, his ex-wife is now divorced from Neil because uh, without, without, without Santa, Scott being Santa, his son Charlie grew up to be an asshole and that caused a rift in her and Neil's relationship. So they got divorced, but not before having Lucy. So Lucy still exists. So Lucy exists and she has the magic power according to santa of the warmest hugs in the world so warm these hugs yeah she gives the warmest hugs hugs of man so we're right back to weird kid hug powers uh so yeah uh he gets the orb and whatnot and which i would probably call it the snow globe right because because orb makes it sound like it's literally like like it's a magic MacGuffin from like a fantasy no it is it is just a snow globe yeah but uh he records uh, yeah, he gets a pen. Jack Frost saying, I wish I wasn't Santa at all. So once he holds the orb, he plays the recording. And apparently the magic of the orb doesn't know if you said it or not. It's just like, well, it got said. Good enough for me. <laughs> and that undoes Martin Short's horrible plan, which also introduces him singing a, a full version of New York, New York, but it's uh, North, North Pole. Pole. Yeah. Oh, man. He is... He's a rough character to, to deal with. He, is Martin Short. He was a little subdued from what I was expecting. And, and ultimately, Martin Short is a character that I can deal with for small doses in the late 70s. <laughs> if if Martin Short is in the late 80s for me, mm-hmm. because... No, Clifford. No. Oh, no, Three no, Amigos. Fucking Interspace, Three Amigos, yeah, that right. shit. I'll deal with that all day. Yeah, he's fine there, but... He was basically our, uh, our proto-Jim Carrey, because he was the one who was going to run around doing rubber face stuff. Yes. Or weird voice, because the thing I always I, I have trouble forgiving him for is probably something that I'm alone in. I love the Disney movie Treasure Planet. Great, uh, it's a really interesting, fun adaptation of Treasure Island. Uh-huh. But the character of Old Ben, the 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 dude they find on the planet that's been or, or the, on the island that's been there forever, has been turned into an android with part of his brain removed, played by Martin Short, who is mugging harder than humanly possible. <laughs> his character sucks the fun out of the movie so hard. <laughs> It sucked the fun out of Titan A.E. (laughs) (laughs) Titan A.E. was going to be a super fun space cartoon adventure, but unfortunately... (laughs) Martin Short sucked it so hard. Man, I completely forgot that that, those movies came out within a year of each other. They were like the uh, the, the Deep Impact and... And And uh, Armageddon, yeah. Armageddon, or Ants and A Bug's Life. Yeah, no, those two coming out at the same time, I was like, huh, weird, weird. Like adulty-style animation movies about being in space. All right. Okay. Man, if you haven't watched Treasure Planet, though, you should check it out. It's really good. Oh, I've seen it. Man, the Long John Silver in that movie is one of my favorite versions of that character. He's got a dumb gadget arm. He's got a regular cool gadget, a really cool gadget. He's got a dumb gadget arm that if anybody liked it, they would be stupid. Oh, I hate you right now. Uh, so yeah, they go back in time again, only this time when they go back, we actually get the Santa Claus one where Tim Allen comes out and we get young Eric Lloyd. Yeah. We get a clip show for this movie at the end. Yeah. Oh God. This movie has so many dumb things going on in the middle of it that are just, so here's the basic, this is the nice thing about this movie that it brings around for us so that we can finally have the bad dad Christmas discussion. This movie recreates effectively the plot of Jingle Bells where a character has a job that involves them very busily right around Christmas time. Same thing with uh, the, the 
Jack Frost. Yeah. Like the, the snowman movie. Um, this character needs to be busy around Christmas time. He's fucking Santa Claus. Of course he does. But when he gets <laughs> when he gets uh, his wife's parents up there, by the way, under the pretense of they aren't in the North Pole, they're in Canada. Yeah. Which is some of the only good jokes in the movie. Well, having Martin Short, an actual Canadian, be like, I'm going to talk about Canadians and say A. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a good meta joke. It was pretty well done because he doesn't change his, his, he has an American businessman accent for the movie, but he'll just end sentences with A. He'll be like, hey guys, I'm, uh, I'm here to talk to you about how sad you are about your husband being busy. You're Canadian. All right, A. <laughs> so that's that's one of the few good jokes. Also, some of the signs they put up are amusing. Yes. The one where there's a Christmas tree lot that says real Canadian Christmas trees, and then the next sign, grown right here in Canada, and then the next sign, which is where you are. <laughs> yes. That was pretty good. Yeah. I, 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 that was okay joke. Um, but what happens is Carol gets obsessed with, with needing uh, Santa around during family Christmas time in the North Pole. She, n- notably, it, it brings itself up as her wanting him to put the Christmas topper on the tree. Yeah, North Normally, he's the one who puts the top of the Christmas thing on. I'm, I'm personally, I'm amazed that he isn't always busy around Christmas time, and she's gotten used to it. I mean, she spent three years up there. Yeah, she should know by now that if you married Santa, there's gonna be a particular time of year where he's fairly busy. So what happens is basically Martin Short, as his Jack Frost character, goes around fucking things up to make Christmas harder for Santa to deal with instead of easier. He keeps breaking machines, stealing little things, convincing people that something is wrong pulling elves off the assembly line all this all this kind of junk um eventually it culminates in him stealing one of the little bolts that keeps the christmas tree in place so when when tim allen finally stops working for a second much to everyone's uh, appeasement because again this is a traditional dad christmas movie where they're mad at him for doing important dad stuff yeah it's like oh i had to be on the phone and deal with some problem in production because you know i'm santa claus our production line and we're in the north pole and everyone's like god i can't believe he's he's doing business right now on christmas i'm like there is there is one person in the world that you can excuse for having business on christmas and it is this motherfucker yeah he's allowed to try and convince us to put more christmas in schools and he's allowed to work on christmas because he is santa claus but he go he you know he gets off the phone he gets on a ladder to put the star on top of the tree and he's he's happy here's the weird thing about this he's never upset with the family about you know their come on you have to be helping us it's christmas stuff he's like okay you're right you're right okay here i am i'm doing christmas with you guys look i'm putting away the phone all right and he puts the christmas tree topper on the christmas tree steps away from the christmas tree the christmas tree falls by itself no one is touching it and this is enough to ruin christmas this ruins christmas her christmas tree topper uh, carols which is very clearly made by santa magic breaks is, is broken and she like goes into tears and her parents are like you're the worst we probably shouldn't have even come up here and he's like yeah maybe you shouldn't have he's uh, this rare situation he's probably right yeah, like, he's like this, you know probably not yeah this this is I, I think i mean honestly you guys should have come up here in like september yeah and there's an implication in the movie where it's like oh he's always busy I'm like okay the end of the second movie he said that there is a three-month period after christmas where it is just him doing time off and in the first movie he's given 11 months off to go settle his affairs yeah which means things can more or less run themselves it's just better if he's there but that doesn't mean like oh yeah he's always busy forever 
Yeah, and that's that's pretty much the running through line of the movie is that it's not so much that he's a bad dad because the kids in this movie are fairly independent. Lucy is running it's around. It's bad the North, husband. It's bad husband. Lucy's running around on the North Pole by herself, kind of getting involved in in Martin Short shenanigans. And again, Eric Lloyd or, or Charlie is only in this movie on the bookends. Yeah, he's in there to start when they pick up uh, the family when he's going to go off snowboarding, and then he's there at the end when it's like, "Hey, I heard you need some help. I'm here." Also, that was my only other line. Good day so here's the thing that drives me insane about this movie uh martin short goes through an extremely elaborate project to get uh not only to get tim allen's secret snow globe from a secret snow globe hiding location but also to trick uh <laughs> to trick uh tim allen into saying i wish i had never been santa claus at all yes. while holding the snow globe all these things at once but the film has already established that all he actually needs to do is kill him yeah I mean, if he would be like, hey, hey, Tim, I where's where's your outfit normally for this? He'd be like, oh, I keep it in this closet. Great. And then just fucking slit his throat, put on the fucking coat and pants. He's like, great, I'm Santa now. Yeah. That's all I need to do. The rules are established. We Look, I'm just going to take Santa, throw him off of a building, and then I'm going to put his clothes on, and now I am Santa. Well, we see Jack Frost's only Jack Frost power in the film, which is to blow clouds of super cold smoke. Yeah, he can freeze things with his breath. Yes, he freezes a bunch of machines so they break, and he freezes the ex-wife and Judge Reinhold so that they are, they are frozen statues and he can hide them away because they discovered his secret plan. Yeah. Um, it's obvious by the fact that he says, as long as I'm frozen, so are they. Yeah, I he- can never unfreeze them because then I would have to unfreeze myself, and I can't do that. Yeah, which means that he may as well have killed them, which means he's willing to kill. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's like, whatever, I turned them into fucking icicles, and so, they will stay that way. So what's up with this elaborate routine? Just be like, where, Santa, where are your pants? Oh, good. <laughs> well, they're right here, ho, ho, ho. Okay, great. Hey, hold still for a second. Oh, you're dead. All right, great. Hey, I found your pants. I'm Santa Claus. Yay. Incidentally, I need to get married. Hey, you're single. <laughs> He said to an elf, <laughs> some elf, he said to Mother Nature, hey, Aisha Tyler, you're married, not married. What, what do you say? Uh? Yeah, you want, want some of this? And then meanwhile, we get, oh, man, this movie has so many things that we get. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember a couple more things about the movie. But ultimately, the clause is the most important part of any one of these films. Yeah. And uh, that's, I mean, pretty much what happens at the end. Like you said, the uh, parents were frozen. And if you remember, the little girl has the warmest magical hugs ever. And I thought she wasn't even going to bother. With, I thought Martin Short was done. I thought she just hugged the parents. No, but she goes to hug Martin Short. And Martin Short defrosts, which then defrosts the parents. Can we talk? This is really important to me. There's a scene where Tim Allen's like, unfreeze these people. You have to do the right thing. And it cuts over to Martin Short. And I was ready. I was all set for the joke. And the joke was... My name isn't Jack Defrost. Yeah, no, but that would be if they had any sort of writers at all that cared. Instead, he says, no. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, just wanted to put that out there. Each time I was all set for the obvious good, like, not good, but... The, the obvious pun. The predictable joke. We didn't... Instead, we got no. We got nothing. Yeah. The jokes in this third movie, they have given up in the third movie. Oh, this was phoned in as hard as possible. Yeah, this was phoned in so hard it phoned in the phone behind it. <laughs> Uh, hi, this is Brian Posehn. Why are you calling me? I'm busy getting blown by a woman who's trying to blow someone else. <laughs> also, I don't sound like Brian Posehn. I sound like a sad donkey. Hey. Do you have a book about ghosts? <laughs> I'm apparently Garfield. <laughs> I hate Brian Posehn and I hate Mondays. There you go. <laughs> 
Oh, God. Okay, so third movie ends with Jack Frost becoming basically nice because he got thawed out. Yeah. And the, everyone's happy, and he tells the in-laws that he's Santa, and they drop the ruse, and everything's great. Everyone gets along, and that's the end of that. Yeah, he basically, he he ends the whole bad da- uh, father or bad husband plot by running out to catch them before they leave. And he's like, hey, I just realized we're a family, and families fight at Christmas, so we're fine. Everything's fine, right? And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, whatever. We don't care. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Everything's f- fucking fine. Whatever. Hey, Judge Reinhold, let's all have a hug. Whatever. That's, that's fine. <laughs> you know what? Whatever. Hey, the baby's born. The baby is born at the end of the movie, and his name is Buddy. His name is Buddy. Oh, I forgot that the premise of this was the entire movie is a flashback, because Carol is telling the students she's teaching, they're like, tell us a story. Oh, and she right. tells them the story of Santa Claus 3, we don't- and then at the end, it flashes back forward to it, and they're like, and here's my baby yeah and their baby is uh, a little baby named buddy which does that mean that this is a prequel to elf yeah it's buddy claus well yeah well no buddy because elf elf is uh, will ferrell's character in elf is named buddy yes but he is not an elf no he's he's, a human he is a child of humans which let's talk about this is what santa and mrs claus are they're humans in a world of elves so what we're establishing is that eventually tim allen's character is killed by james (laughs) con no what happens is james con adopts young buddy claus because tim allen can't handle the pressure anymore and then he tries to get his son that child back to its rightful dad Mm -hmm. and then uh can't so here's here's what happens he adopts him because his own son goes missing his own son fred yeah fred claus right now that 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 becomes the fred claus what i'm establishing is the The fred claus the claus cinematic universe yes what i'm saying is it contains all of these are connected all of these christmas movies are connected elf Fred Claus, Krampus, <laughs> the Vich. <laughs> They're all in there. Uh, I just want Tim Allen to ask me if I want to live deliciously. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you want the taste of butter? <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> on Comet, on Black Frederick. <laughs> I don't think it was Frederick. Was it Black William? Ooh. Sure, why not? Whatever. That that the goat from that movie. That goat. The goat <laughs> from the Vavitch. <laughs> it's in there. It's just part of the <laughs> It's all part of the same oh. cinematic universe. Now that's what I want. I want Santa Claus. I want Tim Allen Santa Claus sitting in a mall kiosk with a kid in his lap, and he's like, Do you want the taste of butter for Christmas? Huh? Do you want to live deliciously? <laughs> a bump 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 bump. <laughs> oh there. Hey, I have to slay you, son. I'm Wilson. <laughs> uh, it's Oakland. Black Wilson over there. He's going to kill you. Black Wilson. <laughs> I think I think we may have gotten, after this long of recording, a little punch drunk. <laughs> Wait, you're saying punch drunk love is also part of this universe? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm glad to hear that. In fact, all, uh, all Adam Sandler movies are also connected to this universe. All, all Adam Sandler movies are connected. They are all in the same universe. Wait, is there an Adam Sandler Christmas movie? Yeah. Eight Crazy Nights. Ah, that's right. It's a he's, He does the Hanukkah, so there's Eight Crazy Nights, which I'm sure you have not seen. I have not. No, why would I? Oh, I have seen it. It is the worst. <laughs> so, it's on our list, and every year I'm like, please not that, please, please not that. No. It, it is foul. Yeah. So okay, there you go. There uh, we are. Was was uh? Do we get a? Do we get bad dads out of this Tim Allen 
I mean, spectacle. Kind of. I mean, Neil keeps getting dunked on as being like a shitty dad because he's a psychiatrist. There's a scene that we didn't even talk about this where we talked about the scene, but not what was going on in it. Way back in two, when Charlie's in trouble and the whole the whole uh, ex-wife and her family are there and Charlie's there and so is Tim Allen, where Neil offers his opinion as the, the kid's stepdad. Yeah. And Tim Allen is so mad at Neil for being a psychiatrist that he just starts yelling and ramming his head into a wall. Yeah, he's just donking his head into like a filing cabinet next to him. Yeah. And I was like, aren't we supposed to like this guy? And isn't he supposed to be like predisposed to be nice right now because he's Santa Claus? Yeah, but these movies are straight up just like, yo, psychiatrists are the worst and they sell you bunk. Yeah. And this movie, well, Neil in particular is a psychiatrist by way of Bill Cosby sweaters. And every time he starts talking, you get that, that zither sting that, oh, a new wave thing is about to happen. Yeah. And he's like, we need to open up our feeling inventory. And you're like, okay. Everyone, activate your togetherness chakras. <laughs> you're just like, dude, come on. This is why That's are you. That's not what psychiatrists do. No, none of this is cool. <laughs> psychiatrists are specifically the the drug prescribing ones. Yeah, they're if they're you the want to be angry at him, he's like, oh, all you do is give drugs instead of actually yeah. help people with their problems, which is bullshit as well. Or make him a psychologist. And then if you want him to be New Wave, don't make him either. Make him a guru. <laughs> Wait, are we saying that the love guru is connected to the cinematic universe? What I'm universe? saying is, <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> The love guru obviously knows Santa Claus. He's one of the immortals. He is. He's one of the immortal figures. All of them, of course, are part of the Tommy Westfall uh, extended universe. Uh, they're they're all in the same thing. They're connected to, to, de- to Detective Munch and the Simpsons. It's just all in there. <laughs> Detective Munch. Yeah, man. That's uh, what's Richard Belzer. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a huge connector in the in the Tommy Westfall TV universe. There you go. Because he's played Richard Belzer on like eleven shows. <laughs> yes, he has played Richard Belzer. <laughs> You played yourself. Well, he started out as, you know, a Tim Allen, but after that de-Tim Allification, yeah, he, he, he turned into a Richard Belzer. <laughs> he got Belzerfied. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jingle Belzer. All right. Do anyway. we want how do you want to do the ratings on this not okay. on this all, my... I, all I want from you is <laughs> All I want for Christmas is, <laughs> is Santa's, Santa's dick. Shoe dick. The <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Too punch drunk. It's it's too much. It's too much recording. I just want Santa's dick shoe. Uh, me, I want Santa's shoe dick. <laughs> anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to give me the the best connected thing between these movies. What was what was the best through line through these? Oh, geez, that's an interesting... Because there's certain things that only show up in the first two and things that only show up in the back two. For example, the legendary figures are only in the back two. Yeah. Um, and and Bernard is only in the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things that are a through line... That's I mean, a- if you want, you can take ones that only show up in two. Like, if you wanted to take Bernard as your favorite, I would not fault you. I love Bernard. He's a great character. He hates Santa. He hates Christmas. He clearly doesn't want to be there. He's just a grumpy asshole, and it's great. Yeah. But no, I think there's probably a couple of connected through lines in these that... That are, that are worth noting, that even though the movies are separated by about 13 years from start to finish, uh, I am going to say that my favorite connective line is the fat phobia of the whole thing. Yeah, it happens all the time like the in-laws mention it in the third movie mm-hmm. in every single movie they have to they have to bust on him not for looking like santa but just for being a fat dude yeah it's it's always like oh man i can't believe you can get around being that fat and ooh boy you sure put on some weight why don't you try 
having a jog. The scariest part is that after he gets fully santified, he actually gets on a scale at one point and it registers 194. It's before he's fully santified. Oh, okay. He's like, oh, I've got, I'm getting larger. <laughs> well, Leon's getting larger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're punch drunk. We're just quoting Airplane. We got to stop this. <laughs> so I'm going to say the fat phobia of these is annoying. There's also a lot of gay panic squirreled into the margins that we didn't get to. Oh my God, there is a lot of that. Whether it's uh, the tooth fairy not wanting to be called the tooth fairy mm-hmm. because and yeah, he won't outright be called... say it because I'm sure that would be way too gay. Yeah, he's like the tooth fairy isn't a good you know the wings make me look girly. I want to be called the molinator. Yeah, and you also kind of get that with Cupid in the third one for no reason. Well, there's a point where they tell Cupid he should be wearing a diaper. Well, yeah, they also talk about like his cute little wings. Yeah, and his dick the size of a tiny baby shoe. <laughs> yeah, the little baby shoe never worn. <laughs> <laughs> For sale, tiny dick, never worn. <laughs> How do you wear a dick? Oh, uh, wait, never mind, I know. Oh, wait, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite through line? Uh, I, I have to say my favorite through line is the fact that the family stays throughout all three. Yeah, Judge Reinhold, um, the, the woman whose name escapes me, and Eric Lloyd is the boy. Yeah, that is amazing we kept expecting that boy to be gone every time after the first santa claus movie because it takes place like eight years later and is just a gap of eight years i 100 percent assumed oh they're gonna drop the entire kid pretense and it's just gonna be him like trying to find a wife or dealing with martin short whatever yeah but we're not gonna deal with the family stuff because we already did that in the first movie the fact that they went out of their way to include the exact same people throughout all three is fairly impressive for me yeah, that's a good through line. All right. All okay, right, what's the worst thing out of here? Just just give me your... It doesn't even need to be a through line. Just oh, give me the say, fucking worst. I was going to say the worst through line is probably reindeer farts. Oh, God, yeah. Because it's the only joke they have. Well, in the second movie, they try to lean in on the reindeer. Well, they've got a new reindeer named Chet who has a human goddamn voice, yeah, and he, it is creepy as well, fuck. Well, notably, it's because the person who does that voice always does the same voice, because as I predicted through the during the film, it's Kath Susie, or as you'd remember, uh, Phil and Lil from Rugrats. Yeah. Someone who has done a lot of voice work that when you hear it coming out of a reindeer, you're like, oh, it's laughing. It's laughing like a human cartoon baby. Like it it looks like an animatronic deer that is laughing like a human child and it creeps me out. Yeah. We don't even talk about Chet, though, so I don't know that he could be the worst thing in any of the movies. Uh, Let's see. The worst thing in any of these movies is, man, that's a tough one. Uh it's funny because I would have said the fat phobia if I hadn't said it's the best thing. Uh, it, it, um, let's say that the worst single thing in any one of these movies is the the toy Santa from okay. the second one. The toy Santa villain. The fascist toy he, Santa. He, he doesn't make any sense. When he first showed up, I was like, I was kind of into him because he was like, you know, he was like, uh, what is that? Hot cocoa? I don't know what that is. Let me just drink it. And he guzzles it down. Ah, that's hot. I, ah, wait, is that good? Okay, it's good. And I kind of liked the over the top acting he was doing. But then he just turned annoying. He, he outlived his welcome too fast yeah so that's okay. my least favorite thing is the the toy i would have figured it would be martin short but he's actually a little subdued for some of this yes he is he is definitely not full tilt on this one yeah so martin short does, gets the coveted martin short isn't the worst part of this thing award which he rarely gets <laughs> uh for you uh 
I'm going to say probably the worst thing for me in these movies is the implications in the clauses. The implication. Uh, I mean, like... There are several. The whole, like, you can just kill a guy and become Santa. The, you can't be gay and be Santa. Well, you you can't be Santa without stopping being gay. You can become Santa as a gay person. You just don't get to stay gay. Yeah, it's just... There's a lot of weird stuff in the clause. The time travel bit with the escape clause. That was weird. There's also a lot of unanswered questions like there's in in the mrs clause they say that if he doesn't find a wife he ceases being santa and santa doesn't exist anymore but they don't answer the set the follow-up question which is so do the elves save christmas when this shit happens by killing santa and uh, or the other question of if he you know because he was off somewhere else and was they were currently being occupied by like mussolini santa like okay if he completely desantifies does does Toy Does, Santa take over? Is well, he actual? Is there never a Santa again? Do we just permanently lose Santa? They do several times say the phrase, and, and it, Christmas will be over forever. And a lot of the time that comes up. It comes up in uh, if uh, he doesn't get the toys delivered one year. He's like, if you if if there's an interruption in it, the toys or Santa, Christmas like, is over forever. People will stop believing, and then yeah. we won't be able to do anything. If you if you uh, don't get married, Christmas will be over forever. The, Which is weird to me. I mean, at least in the first one, the whole Santa Claus thing of like, dude, you're the new Santa and you have to do this because someone has to deliver the presents. Yeah. Okay. I understand that as like, you'll ruin Christmas if you don't, but the you will ruin Christmas if you don't get married is a real fucked up weird thing. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say the entire Mrs. Claus, just that thing, is probably the worst part for me. Like, that as a premise for the movie is fucked up. I mean, the second, the premise of just the, the Santa Claus is fucked up. It, they, they establish a murder-driven economy of who is santa and then they never mention it again because it's creepy and it doesn't belong in a children's movie we also never get he's part of like the uh the like legendary figures council Mm -hmm. okay is he immortal does he age normally or does he just stay santa until he dies well let's let's take for account the fact that there's a scene where tim allen as not santa goes back in time to tim allen as before tim allen was santa and he is very clearly 13 years older his hair is gray he has gone full puff he is well he's santa (laughs) yeah but he's not santa in that scene he's desantified both because it's the second time they go back in time yeah but at that point he's 13 years older in the world where he was never santa (laughs) all right well now we're just getting all kinds of crazy aren't we see it's it's the questions i have about the weird mythology of this universe Mm -hmm. where i'm like okay so if santa's immortal is mrs claus immortal and if mrs claus is immortal is their baby buddy claus gonna be immortal if not does that mean santa just gets to see his child grow old and die in front of him well no that's kind of fucked no because this kid's gonna move to new york and bother james con we've we've figured this out already (laughs) we figured it out So, yeah, the implications of the clauses in the, in, that are in the margins are met. Like, not so much the escape clause, because it's way contrived and stupid, but the Santa Claus is, hey, if anyone kills you, they're Santa Claus. Also, like, they never they never talk to him about that. I mean, I, I do want to know about the weird butterfly effect things of if you use the Santa Claus, go back in time, and then change something else. Like, you stay Santa Claus, but you fuck something up since you went back in yeah, time. Yeah, what if all you do is go back in time and not kill Santa? Like, just watch your old self kill Santa Claus again. Can you just do that so you can see the moment? You're like, huh. Do you pop back in and be like, huh, that was fun. Yeah. Or like, 
Okay, what happens if you go back in time, you watch your old self kill Santa Claus and put on the thing while you're doing that, but then you shoot someone while this is happening? Well, I was wondering so about that. So you become Santa, but then you murdered someone else. <laughs> Do you get to butterfly effect things? I had been wondering what happens if Tim Allen goes back in time and instead of watching himself kill Santa, he kills Santa. Does that mean he's still Santa, but 13 years older and he's starting over? So then that would mean there was no Santa for 13 years? So then all no one would believe in santa anymore which is weird because parents don't believe in santa they even though santa gifts appear and so i don't know why kids would stop believing in santa because it's not like the parents i've 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 gone cross-eyed i'm sorry i can't we're too deep (laughs) once you add time travel into this you fucked everything up yeah that's fine all right i think we're probably done here do we want to put ratings on the movies or are we good uh i think we're good how about we just how about we just rank them from one to three okay sure okay so santa claus so santa claus one is one and santa claus two is two and santa claus three is three we're done oh yeah well there you go it is true i I think santa claus two is worse than santa claus no no actually they are in order yeah they do get progressively worse they get progressively cheaper and worse like i hate the premise of of mrs claus the most but santa claus three is just abhorrently cheap and boring yeah there's just nothing going on and it's just so it's like a tv show version of it it's yeah a, it really does feel like a made for tv movie version of santa claus yeah so that's so definitely they they just go in order the santa claus one is bad but not completely unwatchable yeah so uh so there you go they they rank from one to three and uh thank you so much for listening that has been our christmas present to you the movie mastery listeners if you've made it this far fucking i i guess that's pretty amazing well it's a christmas miracle we we should do a christmas sign off for all of them so if you don't mind i'm just going to quote a little bit of the end of uh twas the night before christmas because i think that's a good traditional way to go out okay Okay. i think i think that's a real nice thing to do all right so if you'll join me here john and he sang to us all as he flew through the night merry christmas to all and my dick is the size of a shoe thank you so much ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next time 